0: Leeds, Leeds, Leeds! What is happening? Welcome to Working Hours, a show about a place called Leeds, a time called Now, and an activity called Work. Working Hours wants to record 1,000 Loiners over the course of this, the most important decade in the history of the human species, and ask them what they do all day and hear how they feel about it. My name is Simon, and this is All My Fault. What did you want to be when you grew up?
1: When I grew up, the first thing I ever remember wanting to be was a scientist. Mm. I didn't have the like terminology, obviously, because I was in primary school mm. for what kind of scientist, but I used to be at home, always mixing stuff together, mixing mm. little potions of stuff, just to see what would happen. Um, so yeah, I suppose a chemist, it's what I wanted to be.
0: Oh, cool. You're listening to Series 3, Episode 10, and to my guest, Kahina Grant. This is another Zoom interview, recorded on the 5th of the 5th, 2022. Evening colleagues. Kahina Grant is the owner of Grants of Leeds. Grants of Leeds started after Kahina had her first child during the first lockdown. She started with the aim of using her chemistry expertise to produce products that made people feel good. Grants of Leeds now sells candles, wax melts and reed diffusers. Ever since Kahina can remember, she's always wanted to be a chemist. After four years of study, she left university with a master's degree in chemistry, unsure what to do and how to utilize her new powers in a way that she was passionate about. Kahina uses her chemistry skills to perfect her products and deliver items that she loves and is excited to share with people. Kahina plans to expand into producing high quality skincare products in the next year. Check out Grants of Leads at grants I think this is a cracking episode. I'm excited to share some of the other great interviews I have done lately over the last few weeks. Um, I want to up my production and quality, but you will likely see a dip over the next few weeks as predictably I have to go back to Tempin as I need to get some real income in right now. I will try to get episodes edited and turned into an episode and get them out to you each Monday still and also get bonus episodes produced for Patreons and arrange and record new interviews and do full-time temping. Seems easy podcasting, doesn't it? Making one of anything is easy. Making enough of a thing to get money from. Well, as we discuss in this episode, that's a different thing entirely. So if you like anything about working hours, please nurture that feeling. And then this podcast by visiting my Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash working hours pod. Please sign up there for a pound a month. Yes, I could put the prices up and do X, Y, Z in terms of monetization, but I'm focusing on what I see as important, and that's this show. And the one pound per month subscriber option is really, really important to me. I really encourage you to subscribe at that level. It's partially to kind of subsidize other users, but it's also that people, so that it can be accessible to people to purchase it at a cheap amount. If you've listened to four or more of these, please subscribe for a pound. Also, there will be a live stream this Friday for Patreon. So please join up now for that. Once again, the Patreon is patreon.com and Patreon is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com. You should know that by now. Patreon.com forward slash working hours pod. If you are Leeds, it's a pound a month. If you are not Leeds, then please join me at the five pounds here. Because if you aren't Leeds, you're most likely to be US and you are obviously made of money unless you're broke because there's only rich and poor people in the Americas, something we have been working very hard on copying on this island. I now have three Patreons, so I would like to thank each of them. They know who they are. So that's my super special best people ever, Patreon one and two, and the very special £5 Patreon. Once again, if you are leads and you're listening to this, then please help the show. The podcast is still at risk, even as it's getting bigger, better, and more interesting. So any social media shares or mentions, any donations of money, etc., are still super desperately needed and very, very gratefully received. Again, my ask is for only a pound a month. The second ask from you is to come on this podcast, no matter what you do for work. I still need to find a whole bunch of new guests. I have sourced all these recent interviews, but it will help so much if you choose for yourself to come on. Have your say, have your voice heard, have your experience represented. I mean, have you heard your voice or your experience represented here? Yes or no? Tell me about your work either way. Listeners, please tell anyone who you think is interesting or does interesting work or even anyone boring who does a boring job. Please keep your eyes and ears out for anyone who you think would be willing to come on this show and let us hear all about their work. If you are a startup or SME, get in touch with me. Talk to me about sponsorship or advertising or even notifications of your sales or of recruitment. Do you want me to tell people that you're recruiting? Do you want me to tell people that you've got a sale on? I can tell leads. This could be a great cheap space to advertise your leads business. Why not build a relationship with me now while I am cheap? Like, share, follow, and subscribe to this podcast. I'm doing all I can to bring this to you. So if you do like anything about it, please follow and promote the show on and off social and wherever you can whenever you remember please give money to this show and please give me any feedback questions or comments that you may have email working hours pod at western-studios.com or use one of my social channels to get in touch with me links for all those social channels will be at the, the end of the show now please enjoy this totally free and totally ad-free as far as I know, episode of Working Hours with Kahina Grant from Grants of Leeds. What is it that you're doing now?
1: Chemistry. We do great. Um, <laughs> so now I'm handmade. So I wax candles, wax melts, reed diffusers. We have some skincare on the horizon Um. really just chemistry, but free chemistry where i can actually just make whatever i want mm-hmm. um, which is very nice oh
0: cool. so uh how long have you been doing this then and um what kind of took you into it
1: so i've been doing this for about a just over a year now and what took me into it is i went i've had this whole plan of how i was going to become a chemist and at mm. the time i actually wanted to create um medications like pharmaceuticals cool. because uh, my mum died when I was a teenager and I thought to myself maybe one day I can go and I can make the medicine and that might save someone's life yeah, yeah, and yeah. that would be amazing anyway when I got to uni I realized I didn't want to do that because the actual process of making pharmaceuticals is it's just not for me it's yeah. not for me. It was never for me. It's too long-winded. Yeah. So I went. I got my master's degree, and the ultimate goal was always to go back and do my PhD one day. Um, and I started doing my PhD. It was in um, we're studying the recycle and reuse of lithium-ion batteries okay. for electric cars. Yeah. Um, so I was doing that. It was interesting. You know, after I graduated, I went to work because. I was tired of having no money as a student so I Mm. went and got a job and actually I realised I missed the learning I missed the studying, I missed Mm. the making so I went back but then uh, towards the end of my first year I found out I was pregnant with my son Mm. so I've got a two year old now Um, and that kind of really drove home for me that whilst my PhD was interesting, it was cool there is a lot of additional stuff you have to do in academia which almost feels like doing stuff for the sake of doing stuff sometimes and mm. um, the culture is very first one in last one out you've got to be seen to be there in the office mm. um, and you know that's the only way you can prove I suppose prove that you're working yeah. um but having a child um and I'm a single parent so it's just him and me. Mm. It's it was never gonna be conducive with that at all. Yeah. Um before I had my son, I was doing like I would say I worked like 50 to 60 hours a week on my PhD.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um it's just not conducive. How, how yeah. are you gonna do that with a newborn?
2: Yeah.
1: Um and actually when I went on maternity leave, I realized that whilst the university care about you, they can replace you very easily. Yeah, 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 and they are happy to do so literally yeah, yeah. um when I was on maternity leave they there wasn't that much communication between them and me it kind of I felt a little bit abandoned, you know, this was a very changing time in my life, yeah, um, yeah, they kind of just went, we'll see you when you get back yeah, then I came back and my heart just wasn't in it anymore. Yeah. Like, so much had changed. I had this child, you know, I'd moved out of Newcastle back to Leeds mm. um, because that's where my family are. And yeah, yeah. I, I wanted him to have that. Um, and it just, my heart wasn't in it. And I just sat down one day, you know, I was thinking to myself, what can I do mm. with the skills that I have mm. to do something that I love? Yeah. If ever there's a time to do it, it's now. So, yeah. yeah, through a lot of trial and error, and buying a lot of candles, and realizing <laughs> I wasn't getting the scent quality that I wanted from them, uh, yeah. specifically lavender. It was because uh, you know I'd had a baby, struggled to sleep, didn't want to be burning incense around him.
2: Yeah.
1: It's all a lot, so I decided to try and make one. Mm-hmm. They made one, and I was like, oh, I can actually do that because I have the skills to do it. So it wasn't like I had to learn all these new skills. I have the skills, the stirring, the pouring. You do that all day at uni. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And you sort of reverse engineered it as well, didn't you? Because it's not like you had the recipe. It's kind of like, oh, well, what do I know is in it? And then what else can I work out is in it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Plus also the benefit of um, the fact that I was on a research degree before this means I'm very good at research. Yeah. Even in the undergraduate, you have to do research all the time. You have mm. to read all these papers and all that kind of stuff. Mm. It means I have a lot of knowledge about mm. even things like what a wax is, mm. how a wax behaves. A lot of people don't think of a wax as it's really an oil, mm. to be honest. So, you know, you can't mix it with water. There's certain things you shouldn't use. Probably don't use alcohol. That's water-based. And I already had that knowledge. So I went, I did some research, watched some videos of people making candles online, mm. figured out what I would need. And I was like, I'm gonna try it. Mm. And um, I sold those first candles to uh, members of my family, actually. Um, they worked as candles, like they they were good, actually, <laughs> yeah. they were quite good, to be honest, for a first attempt, yeah. if I'm being honest. Um, and then I sort of like, honed it, made it better, wanted to see how much fragrance can I really put in there mm. for it, that's to reduce the quality of the wax. So mm-hmm. if you put too much, your wax is not going to set properly, it's not going to behave properly because it's got too much of this oil in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, then the candles turned out actually quite good. People liked mm. the candles. Nice. So i like, okay, let's do that. Let's go for it.
0: So, uh, I mean, you did you very much go from a product first approach? Then it was like, let's nail this product. And then, you know, you've, you've got some sales to your family. You know, it can sell potentially. You know what the product's like being used. Um, so when did you sort of think of the client side? I mean, did you do, when did you sort of do the market research as it were?
1: So um, the market research sort of things I sort of I know candles sell because mm-hmm. I am a candle person so mm-hmm. I buy a lot of them Um mm-hmm. I sort of asked around as well as I made the first candles because I wanted to see if I could actually can I actually do this first of all yeah I make these candles at home in my house I've got a toddler it it's a lot I have to see if it's possible mm-hmm. and then when I went and I made them and I gave them well they bought them obviously to my family um I sort of like asked for feedback like okay what did you think of the candle and mm. um, did you like the way the candle looked did you like the scent quality that's how I found out I need to put more fragrance oil in so I kind of got a little bit of market research from there but I really went with the product yeah I first our candles used to be clear they're in a matte black jar now but they used to be clear and um, and those first clear candles I just made some mm. tried to get people I knew to buy them and give me their opinion on them Mm. and then it wasn't until really like you know I had the social media the social media was there posted about my candles but not something I have ever done before being in Mm. academia you don't I think we do Uh, they probably do now actually to be fair but when I was there not really so it wasn't until like October I would say when I really went out and I started being like Right, okay, I'm going to try and sell these to people that I don't know. Yeah. To actual strangers, see what they think. Because my family will, yeah, they're t- going to tell me it's nice, but also they're going to tell me it's nice because they're my family. So
0: Yeah, and you're not going to make a massive amount of profit out of them, are you? So.
1: <laughs> exactly, that was the problem. I kind of, so I kind of, um, I created the website, I took the pictures, and I put the products up there. And I don't know what I was expecting to happen. I feel like I was expecting people to just buy them. Yeah. Like the website's there. Why are yeah. people not buying them?
0: Yeah, and I it's there. the internet. Like surely, just yeah. everyone's there to see
2: it. They someone but should buy it? it.
1: Like I'm posting about it. Are you not seeing the product? <laughs> but then it actually dawned on me one day. It's a scented product. How do you, like, I have the scent notes on my website,
2: mm.
1: but at the same time, that's money. Mm. Now, when people smell the product, sometimes they're looking. At, when I do a market stall, they're looking, but then they come over and smell the product. Mm. That's when they're like, oh, mm. I might buy this, you know, mm. because they've smelled it now. Um, so that's my biggest selling point, really, the smell. That's the yeah. scent. So I realized I had to actually go out there, but that doesn't come naturally to me. I'm not that kind of person. I'm very mm. introverted. So I'll try to avoid doing that as much as possible. Yeah,
0: but- yeah. Yeah, I can. I can (laughs) sympathise. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned markets. I was going to ask, like, did you like? When did you think about sort of? I need a distributor. I need like someone to exhibit and distribute this for me. Uh, So, did you think straight away you were going to have your own market stall, or was it like I need to be in someone else's shop or market? Or when did that come into it for you?
1: Honestly, it was very slow for me to actually make that connection to be honest i was just sitting there i had the candles there i'm just sitting there and then i went and i actually spoke to a cousin of mine who you know she does uh she helps other businesses with marketing as well um and we sat down and she was like have you ever thought about just you know taking your product to a market i'd never thought about it Mm. so this was in summer last year it's still quite warm uh, probably like august time and then I was like, okay, well, I didn't really want to do that. Mm. But, you know, we decided to try it. I tried it. I went there. In October, I think my first market was. It was in I um, gate market. Mm. And I just set up a market stall. And I realized what a difference that made. Yeah, yeah. And that also gave me a boost of confidence, I feel like. Mm. But it took me about eight months in. Before I actually thought to myself, okay, go take your product outside. No one's going to see it in your house. Nice. Because no one ever comes to my house anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> You'd just
0: be piling them up in the corner, wouldn't you? It's just like, I'm making <laughs> them and they're not selling.
1: <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. I made like all these candles. It must have been like a hundred. <laughs> I even have some of them still now. To this day, I still sell some of those candles every so often. And it's just like... <laughs> they were just sitting there in a cupboard and I was like well who's seeing them
0: well I think as well because so I I know you from like the some of the adventure things online yeah and um like so I'm assuming you started in lockdown as as well yeah yeah so but that's a really weird time to start a business because especially you know like Customers are not there. Businesses are not there unless you are online. So uh, yeah, your immediate thought is going to be social media and then I'll just keep producing them and eventually they'll start selling and then they'll just leave the house. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah that, that's exactly how it went. Like, I was just like, well, we can't go outside. It was February, 2021. Also, I had like a 10 month old at the time. Mm. He hadn't side nursery. He was at home with me all the time. And mm. it was like, we don't go anywhere. Mm. So I'm just going to put them online. Well, actually, who's seen?
2: Mm.
1: In reality, who's actually seen them? Mm. Um, and I didn't really consider that at all. Mm. I don't know. I feel like I didn't. I had a bit of a plan when I started my business, but also not really. well you, That's the thing, though.
0: Until you start doing it, you can't. Like you can plan as much as you want. You, you like you think you've got all the variables covered and all the things that y- you have to do, and and then you start doing it and sort of especially if nothing's happening you kind of like why is nothing happening what's not working here (laughs) like i've thought of everything surely there's what am i missing and then later these things sort of occur to you of like why haven't i been doing this why haven't i been doing that
1: yeah exactly even like last week it just occurred to me so my friend also has a business and i follow her business and i stuff from her business system Mm. and when she shares the little instagram reel she makes Mm she tags the product on her story, like actually puts the link. Mm. And last week I was just like, why don't I do that? Because you know what? No one sees your website because they don't know it. exists. Why yeah. do you not tell people that we no. have, that you have a website? I don't. And since I've done that, I've already made more sales just from doing that. Yeah. But you never think of that because why Why would I think of that? I don't...
0: Yeah. yeah. I well, have I mean, no idea. You, you kind of do eventually, I think when you start when you start doing those little bits on social media, because like you say, you notice what other people are doing, because you're looking yeah. more for. But it's like, why is theirs working? What's working about that? That's not working Definitely. for me.
1: And being on the adventure program, I went to. I used to go to all the webinars. Mm. I go to a lot less now because you know outside is open and things yeah. are in person. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm introverted, so I'm I don't want to go outside. Preferably, mm. if I could not go outside, that would be great. And um, the, the ideal for me would be that people just order stuff on my website and I don't have to go outside at all. But mm. well, obviously, that's not practical. Mm.
2: So I do it's a lot Yeah,
1: exactly. That's what I realized during lockdown. <laughs> I, during lockdown, I was so happy. Well, obviously, not happy when we first went into lockdown. I was like 30 weeks pregnant. It was really scary. Oh. But like, actually, I enjoyed being in my house. Mm. I was like, this is nice. Mm. I don't have to go places. This is great. And then, after about six months, I was like, "Wait, actually, maybe you're not as introverted as you thought." Because
0: <laughs> this is pretty horrible. I'm going crazy. Yeah, yeah
1: <laughs> four walls every day, and the newborn that's crying. Yeah, um,
0: and it's filling it's up, up with more- candles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> the space is completely mad. Like, uh, but yeah, like I went to all these workshops on social media, and you know, I went to all the webinars, literally every single thing.
0: Well, that's I it it's, it's,
1: yeah it's like nothing else is happening home. what can i do what can i do uh, i'm know. at home i can go there with my son there as well because yeah you know like i'm just watching it mm. and listening mm.
0: um and it feels like work because it's work related it's training it's education it's, it's work yeah, exactly. working this is <laughs> the Never thing
1: that, i went to all these things and then actually even little things like adding text to my instagram reels mm. How much that's improved my engagement just adding text to my Instagram reels, mm. and it's only because I saw someone do that, and I was like, Why don't I do that? Mm. The reason is because Instagram is very glitchy mm. and it does not like when you add text, it doesn't <laughs> like when you do anything on reels and it just closes down <laughs> your whole reel. But persevering through that, yeah, it's improved my engagement. Just but well, I'm sure they said that in the webinar, yeah, sure yeah, they would have said that.
0: I, yeah. I don't know where I was, um, but well, you also know, had. Well, you also had a ten month, you know, ten month old running around. So yeah, yeah it's quite hard to take all of that information in. <laughs> yeah, I feel time.
1: like whilst it was a great time to start my business, like that was the because t- obviously I'm a, I'm already knowing I'm going I'm not gonna be able to continue with my PhD, so mm. I've got nothing on. Mm. That was the best time, but because I had a really small child. I didn't really factor that in mm. um because I'd never had a really small child before. But yeah, so yeah. when he was really young, it was actually a very easy for him to do other Well, no, actually I won't say that. My son was very, very um what the word? He just wanted to be around me all the time. Mm. Like even to this day. Mm. All the everywhere I go, he's there. It's like having a shadow. <laughs> um but as he got older, it became more difficult for me to do other things because he's a year old now. Then suddenly he's walking. Yeah, and then they start talking. (laughs) Yeah. As soon as he learned to crawl, doing any work within in the house was just not happening because he would pull himself up on the sofa and just get in the laptop. And, you know, like (laughs) little things like that, I didn't consider how much time I would actually have to spend on my laptop. Yeah. And actually doing social media did not consider how much time that takes up at all. Yeah. That's like, probably like two days out of my week is just doing that. I mean, did that that feel
0: relentless? like Because, you know, as you say, you're not getting I mean, considering the engagement that you're getting now from the things that you've done and the engagement that you were getting at the time and you're trying to do social media, you're spending a lot of time on it and you're being distracted. Like, did you feel you were getting any benefit out of social media at all at that point? Or was it just like, I'm just doing this and it's not doing anything for me?
1: Yeah, not really. I feel like I definitely have given up on social media a few times. Like, you'll see, you know, I tend to try and follow the host every day. But then sometimes there'll be weeks when I haven't posted, like especially after Christmas. After Christmas, I don't think I posted anything for the whole of January because I was just like, I'm posting and making all these videos and no one's interacting with them.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. actually taking up so much of my time. And your brain. Yeah, (laughs) at 1am, why am I editing videos? And having to wake up out of my sleep and write down ideas. Yeah. For social media, like what is that? And no one's seeing it. Obviously, I'm glad I stuck with it. But social media is a very hard beast because in this age, I feel like you've still... You want those likes. You want the likes. You want the engagement. It's like, come on. You want people to enjoy it. Also, you're so used to everything being perfect. Mm. So on social media, everything, everyone's lives, every product, video looks perfect. Mm. And I make candles for a living. It's not a very clean job. Mm. very messy and also I don't have a lot of space so it's very hard for me to just set up a knife to like my brother's a videographer he's always telling me how to make my videos better and I'm just Mm. like but in the practical term when I've got wax in my hand Mm. and there's not a lot of space it's very hard for me to create that picture perfect social media
2: Mm.
1: and I feel like that was definitely a barrier for me Mm. I felt like it wasn't good enough to post so I would just not post anything when in reality when I started just posting stuff anyway little videos of me making candles those are the ones that get the most traffic on my page Mm. just behind the scenes of me making a candle Mm. Um, and you know it doesn't have to be perfect actually what I found is if it's perfect or the lighting's good and all that it might get better engagement Mm. but people enjoy it either way yeah so it's better for me to put it out. Yeah, It took a long time for me to get there.
0: Yeah. It's because... like the content of the content is what
1: yeah. happens. <laughs> and, yeah. Um,
0: but also it, it is sort of quantity, not quality as well. It's just like, just throw stuff at it. And then the more that you can get out there, hopefully the more engagement you'll eventually get.
1: This is it. I feel like social media can be very overwhelming because it really is. like. Quality is obviously important, but sometimes I can just throw together a reel, five minutes, mm. throw it out there with a trending sound. Mm. 500 people have liked that. Yeah. But then when I sit there and design a reel, and so like I have one in mind that I'm going to film later on today, it's yeah. going to take me probably like an hour yeah. to film it, I reckon. With all the different shots I'm going to have to get. And I bet you no one will interact with it at all. And it just feels very never ending yeah. because they just want content, content, content all the time. And it's just like, but when I make the content, where where are the people? How come Instagram is not showing the people my, my content, you know? But, but
0: the thing is as well, though, you know, like they say reach and engagement, but we we don't know what that means, really, do we? I mean, mm. and, and also it's like you I talking to other people th- about this. They've sort of said, you know, people that you meet in real life will say oh yeah you know they'll talk about your posts and stuff or something that you posted and it's like you saw that well yes why haven't you liked it why why haven't it,
1: you engaged why it? didn't you like it <laughs> why are not you on my website buying the product then yeah if you saw it why didn't you share it? It's <laughs> it and i feel like a lot of people are very sort of like selective about what they do share and i don't personally get that if i if i like it I will just be sharing. I share all kinds of stuff. But yeah. a lot of people are selective with it. But you're right. I was, I went somewhere completely out of the blue. And I saw someone I used to go to church with when I was a child. Mm. I went to um, a church, like, you know, just making a community church. Mm. But obviously, went there for like 14 years. Not mm. everybody, even though they're my grandparents age. Mm. And someone my grandma's age came up to me and went, I saw your video about your candles on Facebook. And I was like, what in fact no she didn't say that because actually i don't think she would quite remember where she saw it or anything like that but like i'm like you saw my video how are you seeing my video you know what i mean (laughs) that's very mad if you think about it like (laughs) obviously you want people to see it but then i'm like that video got zero like yeah zero
0: like yeah video you've no idea how many people have actually seen it
1: exactly and then i feel like you get a lot of I get a lot of reach for how many followers and stuff I have. I have relatively Mm. high reach, Mm. but I feel like that does not translate into people going on my website and buying the product. I don't know how to make them do that. I, I don't, I don't, I just don't. I feel like it's almost like Russian roulette.
0: Well, I mean, did you feel kind of similar with like, so my thing at the moment is like, I haven't been paid for like knocking on three years now. So, I'm like i need to get paid
1: yeah
0: um and i'm just like so this is like the major problem for me at the moment it's like how do i get money off people like did you have that initially of like did you make a sale quite quickly i suppose you were selling to your family but like when you getting that first customer was like the first random customer really important
1: to you yeah i feel like when i so when i went to the first market ever i was very nervous i don't I don't, I'm not a salesperson. Mm. I am really, really and truly my personality. I'm a chemist. I'm a chemist for a reason, mm. because that's that's who I am as a person. I'm meticulous. And also, I like to be in the lab with my headphones on, not talking to anyone, because that's what brings me joy. Mm. So having to go outside, talk to a stranger, and then get them to buy something that I made, mm. that was daunting. So my dad came with me, and he helped me set up and everything. And after about an hour, he was like, you're just completely fine. Like, it's like that first sale came in, it took about half an hour, I think. Nice, yeah. But that made me, it gave me, every sale I make, gives me so much more confidence to mm. go out there and do it. But I think often people don't realize how draining it is, first of all, to mm. do that all the time. So I tend to do markets at the weekend which means I've got to start out childcare, I've got to do all of this over stuff. Also, it's the weekend. Mm. So even though technically Monday is my weekend because I have my son at home, mm. it's not a weekend because my son is at home. Mm. And he, he's got, been going through a phase of waking up at 5 a.m. Mm. Not a weekend, really, because you make him get up at 5 a.m. Um, so going out and doing all of that is very draining. Mm. And it's very daunting every time i go to a market i'm nervous every single time every single time i don't want to go i'm just going to be honest i don't want to go but i have to really like hype myself
0: mm. but I you're doing it like... for yourself as well though that's the thing well you're doing it for yourself yeah. and for your son and like you know it's your product so it's you know it makes it that bit easier doesn't it because it's like this is this is mine it's my thing i'm doing this for me you know and 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 i have to do this it's part of it
1: yeah definitely like so when i was doing a phd the thing with the phd is the phd is cool you get to learn all of this stuff you're financed by the university or at least i was financed by the university mm. um or a rather a wider project the whole complicated thing i was financed either way um but anything you make during your phd is not really yours mm. it's not It's not yours. Like you get the, you might write a paper, get the credits, Mm. but that work that you do does not belong to you. Mm. If you create something amazing, it belongs to the university. You have to sign a contract. It belongs to them. It all belongs to them. Mm. And that's a lot, it's a lot more hard. It's a lot more difficult to motivate yourself to get up and do something when you're not feeling it, when you know that anything you create is not yours. Yeah, I feel like I started to struggle with that. So in an, in my undergraduate, it wasn't an issue because you weren't really creating. I did create a few things, like I did some stuff. It was good way. but mm. you know, then I got my degree and I left them. But a PhD is four years of your life, mm. and at the end of that, it's not yours. Yeah. Whereas this is mine, and I do think it's very amazing to see that just over a year ago, I made a candle. In fact, it was probably about a year ago I made the first candle because mm. um, I had to do my research, all the stuff, facts, mm. all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's amazing to see now how many people know about my product, especially in my local community. Mm. So the problem for me is getting out of my local community.
2: Mm.
1: My local community know my product exists. this. Not all of them, but actually quite a lot. Sometimes strangers come up to me and they're like, you sell those candles, right? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I said, would you like a candle? <laughs> you know, I probably got some in the car, you know, if you want. Um, and, you know, that's amazing because that belongs to me. No matter what happens, that's mine. Mm. You know, it belongs to me. Mm. Even, but that also means all the stress, all the finance, all of that belongs to me. But mm. the product, it's mine hmm. and that gave me motivation i never thought it could on it yeah, yeah. yeah. because it's a lot it's mine you know what i mean like it's got my name on it yeah I, literally yeah <laughs> literally got my name on it.
0: <laughs> uh, so um right so I'll, I'll take a brief moment here in the chat um okay, so, I'm gonna, i i brought
1: lunch actually i mean can i, well prepared. Can I eat yeah can i eat that do you mind I don't mind. <laughs> okay, cool.
0: I didn't know how long we we're going to be talking for. So i might have a bit of a So I just um, so you had a bit that the call froze a bit earlier on. Um, so I meant to mention this in the pre record chat. Um, so, yeah, I just generally wait it out when it does that. And so I would advise you the same, like if I suddenly freeze or whatever, just just wait, it should come back and we'll try and pick up the conversation wherever we were. Okay. Um, so, and we've kind of gone, I mean, we've covered bits of some of my questions, so yeah, I, I think we've covered, no, but that's fine. It's like, it It sort of comes up naturally anyway. So I think we've done the social media one. I think what I'll do next is ask you the sort of change question, but I also want to get your, how you found the price and whether you priced yourself too low or too high? Like, have you found the right price for your product now, do you think? And does it give you the margin that you need in terms of the volume that you're selling? Like, are you, are you like, how much have you kind of invested? Are you anywhere near to breaking even? Are you in profit yet?
1: No, not near to breaking even, but that's because of the sheer amount of equipment I have to buy, Mm. Um, honestly. So I have a hot plate. I have to buy, like, um, pans, jugs, all that kind of stuff. Also, wax comes in, like, 20 kilo boxes. Mm. So that's very expensive. Whenever I have to replace the wax,
2: mm.
1: it costs a fortune. Mm. Also, stuff like having to actually invest in, so, like, I had the website designed. I had uh, the logo designed. Mm. I now do a lot of my own designs, but also I have to buy, like, Cards to give away and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but I do feel like I get the margin I need. For a long time, I felt like I priced myself too high. Mm. Um, you can have I, a sale. I, I actually have failed all the time, to be fair, because <laughs> sometimes I just have a lot of stock and I'm just like, please buy it. yeah Because I don't have space to keep all this stock in my house. Like, I can't. If I have too much stock, something's got to go. Mm. Um, but I feel like now people have become more comfortable with my prices. There are still people who go look at me and they're like, mm, that's very expensive. But also at the same time, we'll go to Yankee Candle and pay 30, 40 pounds for a candle.
2: Mm, yeah, yeah.
1: That's mass produced when mine was actually poured, So I feel like I had to very much say to myself a lot of times I wanted to drop off price to mm. make people buy more, but actually, I have to pay for, you have to pay for my time mm. too. And also the years of experience, absolutely years of experience of doing stuff like this, mm. that, you know, it'll be probably a bit more applicable when we branch into the screen because obviously then I've got to do all kinds of behind the scenes chemistry stuff. But even in this, I use it all the time, the experience and the reason why you, you're paying, price you're paying is for the quality. Mm. But also, I literally sat down at home and made this product for you. Mm. Like, so mm. some of my products are actually made to order, so like they decide they decide on the color, on the scent, and I go mm. home and make it to them. Mm. So I, I feel I, like I had to.
2: Sorry, go on. Go ahead.
1: Oh no, I was just saying. I feel like I had to believe in myself because actually, I look at so. For example, there's a YouTuber I follow called Jackie Ayler. She also sells candles. Her candles are so much more expensive than mine, mm. so much more, but people would happily pay that for hers because it's hers. Mm. So one day people will happily pay that for mine. Mm. For mine. Mm. And I just had to believe that and it's yeah. working.
0: Good. Yeah. So I said, I was going to do the change question next. And I so uh, the question there is if you could change any three things about your work, um, like today, so you've got sort of carte blanche to do whatever with it, um, what would you change about work?
1: If so I could change, the first thing I would change would be I would not make the product in my house anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was very chaotic doing it in my house. Um, also, I've got a toddler now. Um, he's getting into stuff. Mm. And because I sell more product it's gradually expanding into my house. Mm. So I would have a nice space, very clean, because I am a scientist after all. Mm-hmm. And that would make it easier for me to make my products. Um, and I think it would just make it a bit less stressful, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, my space is quite small. Like I have, I do actually have a little video about my space on social media that I posted. Mm-hmm. People are really interested actually in how and where I make them. But it, it's a cupboard. Mm-hmm. It's like an outhouse. So yeah. it's very stressful. Um, yeah. And I feel like I would have more space to start stock, stock, stock. And actually, it would make each candle cheaper because I can make more at a time. Mm-hmm. Which is better value for money. Mm. So, yeah, that would be the first thing. The second thing I would probably change. I feel like I was going to say I would change the fact that I have to go outside and sell my product. But I don't think I would, I think I would probably slightly change my personality Mm. so that I'm more excited about that kind of stuff, like networking and all that kind of stuff, Mm. because it gets me a lot of opportunities, but it doesn't come naturally to me. And if I could change anything, it'd probably be a little bit less emphasis on who you know, Mm. and a little bit more focus on what you know. Mm. Um,
0: Mm. Spoken like a scientist.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah because the thing is i know a lot of people who make and sell candles to be honest a lot of people making sell candles actually the market is very saturated mm. but i know a lot of stuff and mm. i feel like i wish people heard about that a bit more mm. um,
0: or that you had maybe you had more of a way to express it i mean is that
1: yeah
0: is that actually, what the other products are kind of Is that why you're thinking of other products of like, I need to do more. I can do more things.
1: Yeah, this is it. With with me, like I've made the candles and mastered the candles now. Okay, they they aren't perfect, but they are as good as I can make them in the space that I have. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly, I want to do more. I just Mm want to do more. And I actually, I I don't think the issue is that people don't care, but I actually posted about my story and my journey. and I posted a video and uh, like a, what are they called? Carousel post about Mm -hmm. it. People were actually really interested. Mm. But I wish I was better at staying that, mm. at talking about that. I, um I know a little bit better is at crazing myself and bigging myself up a little bit. Mm. Um, I know I've done it on here, but that's because I came here with the plan of yeah. <laughs> talking about it. Obviously I knew we were gonna talk about it. Yeah. But in person I don't actually mention it to people most of the time because yeah. I feel like are you guys not tired of hearing? Well, that that's it. And you don't want to be selling
0: to your friends and selling to everyone you meet, but like also you need to sell to everyone you meet. Yeah, it's like, yeah. when when do you switch that off and when when's the best time to do it?
1: Yeah, I'm not, it's not very in me to be talking to a friend to be like, yeah, do you want to buy my next one? Yeah, because I like, mean, it
0: sounds like you enjoyed the experience that, like, it, it sounds like you do get some enjoyment out of the sales and out of meeting people and out getting that feedback from people of like, they've,
1: you know, they buy and again, they enjoy the products. and. So even though, even though going to market is a bit stressful for me and it's a little bit hectic for me, I love it when people come over, smell my product and they go, that's really nice. Mm. I love that. Like I live for that
2: mm.
1: and I come up with new products all day, every day, just so that people will do that. i get new sense, I try new things just so that people will go, oh that's nice mm. but I, I love it um, but it is very hard for me to do it, I wish it was a bit easier for me, access that yeah, you know, that side of me, do you know what I mean mm. yeah. um, and what what if I could, a third thing I would change, um, if I could change a third thing, I think I would have some that of some sort Mm. like outsource some of my stuff up until very recently I did all the accounts I do all the social media I like making stuff
2: mm.
1: I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie I don't care about paying taxes at all. I don't even I don't know how to pay taxes I have no idea that's why I had to get an account stuff up I see like I did a self-assessment tax and I was like mm. mm. I don't know about that, you know, actually I'm not confident doing Mm -hmm. this because that's, I don't, that's not in my brain capacity to care about. Mm. But I like making stuff and I wish I had more time Mm. to experiment and try new stuff Mm -hmm. instead of constantly being like social media and I've got to be here and then I've got to be posting this and then I've got to be filming this reel and then people are constantly saying I should put more videos of myself on my page and it's just like the amount of time that takes, mm. i got to get dressed nicely. Mm. i got to, you know, look presentable, all of nah, that. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, a bit, like, get, get your
0: happy good. mood on. So you're in that like, boy, yeah. sort of, hey, social media. Hi. Yeah, how are exactly. you? Hi. The, do you
1: want to talk about candles? Like, God,
0: I'll like, make a video. Like,
1: yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not always in the mood phase of that. And <laughs> it's like, I wish I had someone, even if I just had an assistant. Yeah. 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 Who literally just. Did that kind of stuff for me? Like replied to comments, you know, wrote social media caption. Writing social media caption mm. takes me way too long. Mm. Because I've said everything mm. like, I've got like 250 posts on my page. I've said but that's everything. it, you just have to keep saying the
0: same thing over and over again, don't you? I know.
1: Yeah. Like are you not are you guys not tired of seeing the same picture of these same candles that I took last week? Like, you know?
0: But that's the thing, that like, everyone's seeing it, so it does go it does go around. It is worth doing it.
1: I know. I know it's good for the business. I, I've even like resharing my Instagram reels. Yeah. I make an Instagram reel, and up until recently, I used to make that reel, post that reel, never look at that reel again. Mm. But I've put all that work into it. Why don't I just actually share it? Because actually, mm. I get new followers all the time yeah, yeah, who yeah. haven't seen that reel, yeah. and they're interested in that reel. Yeah. But for me, it all just seems very just not passionate about doing that. I just. Cause like, Yeah, you're not, you, you don't get the, the, the.
0: it's not like making a direct yeah. sale. It's not like, you know, doing the actual production work. It's not, it's, it's like, yeah. where's, where's the joy in this?
1: Yeah, this just feels like, this, this, this feels like work. Yeah. And obviously sometimes making candles does feel like work. Sometimes I don't really feel like doing that. Yeah. The other week I did a super large collection for me um, and I did not feel like doing it. And it, it did feel like work. But yeah. it was still fun. Once I started doing it, I was still like, oh, "Yeah, yeah." I'm yeah. When When I start doing social media, I'm like, "I'm not, I'm not having a good time." I'm tired, i <laughs> Like, I just wish I had. To, I wish I had someone to just help me. Even with like when I go to a market, I have to manually can can all of these candles. The candles are so heavy. I don't think I can overstate how heavy the boxes of candles are. And like, just someone. I just wish I had someone. Maybe like a like an official it's system. it's someone
0: to share it with it's it's someone of yeah. like and and just the sort of like even just someone of like oh god you know this thing or this account or this thing that we're working what? on just someone that's there and yeah so i'll give you an example with this like so doing the podcast like generally i'll get everything together for a monday so i'll do I, I might do some editing before but generally it's like because i'm putting it out monday i'll go through the interview put on the intros and outros possibly write the script for the intros and outros on the day and i'm like barreling towards this kind of arbitrary 6 p.m deadline that i've given myself that nobody cares about other than me so Mm -hmm. it's only because i've made it up and i'm like i need to be there consistently which i rebel against occasionally as well and then so you do all this and it's like my busiest day because you know that i'm actually doing something that's producing something and then you get to putting the podcast out and then you sort of do your social media posts and stuff and then it's like you've done and there's and and there's nothing you know like there's a there's nothing to show at the end of all that it's
2: like you know, the, yeah
0: the hardest I work the whole time and then no reward no comment just you know like tumbleweeds blowing around it's like oh it'd be great if yeah. there was just someone there it was like yeah we did it you know it was on time and just someone yeah then like we did it Someone to just tell
1: you you did a good job, like, yeah. wow, that's amazing. Or even like, so. Or even I'd a shit at... job of like, oh, you fucked that right up. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sometimes you, sometimes you actually need someone to tell you that's a terrible idea. Don't do that. Yeah. Sometimes you actually just need that. But like, I feel like the fact that I make all the decisions is very scary. Mm. Like, nobody to discuss it with. I mean, we're yeah, discussing with our family all the time, mm. but really. I still have to make that ultimate decision. Mm. What if it's the wrong one?
2: Mm.
1: And stuff like so, I have liked chemistry obviously for a really long time. I have no one in my life to talk to about chemistry at all, mm. not one singular person, um, because actually, no, nobody cares. Nobody mm. cares, and it's like if I had someone there who I could talk to them about candles all day,
2: mm.
1: could they actually care? Mm. Whereas I tell my family about oh, what I'm doing And you know, I'll be like, oh, I made this today mm. I get super excited whenever I make something new mm. And they, they just be like, hey, mm. what, what now? um I remember when I finished my master's dissertation Today, it's still one of the proudest days of my life Like mm. that dissertation was excellent, excellent um like the work was good the was fun, also. I had a great time. Um, and I remember like calling up my dad and being like, You'll never guess what I did today. Mm. And he was like, What did you do today? And I went, I confirmed using, and then I started reeling up all this chemistry stuff. So I confirmed using an AFM that I made, silver nanoparticles. And you know, you could hear someone's eyes glazing over. <laughs> because he's just like, what are you talking about? What, what, are you ta- what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about right. And I, so wish I, I understood
0: today and then I lost you
1: yeah. <laughs> I understood today I understood silver I've got a good idea what nanoparticles are but like, You know, most people don't know They don't know what I'm talking about when I'm saying that And I wish I had some, someone there to just Let's talk Let's talk shop. Mm. i love talking shop i love love talking shop i love talking about chemistry i really do i just do
0: do you throw it into the social media at all do you ever like just geek out on the social media of like oh here chemistry
1: you know what i'm working on doing that a bit more i feel like i'm you have to build your confidence up for it yeah i'm very aware of the fact that most of the time when i talk about chemistry nobody knows what i'm talking about so Mm. i'm like do i want to talk about the chemistry of whack Mm. because that's very interesting to me if I saw that on a candle makers Instagram I'd be like I'd stop and read that you know like I actually would Mm. um but then I also don't want to spend all this time making it and like the only person who reads it is me yeah yeah. that will that'll make me quite sad so I've got to I feel like I've got to be a little bit more confident in talking about chemistry really Mm. like chemistry is why the candle does what it does Mm -hmm. why it works it's why when you don't burn your candle correctly it does all this weird stuff and it looks weird that's why it's all chemistry so so how are you thinking about
0: approaching it because my thought would be like i would go really basic stuff first for people of like how does a candle burn and then go like you know what's in the candle what is this you know then then get more detailed as you go into it that's that's how I do What are you what are you thinking?
1: <laughs> that's a good idea. You know, I don't, honestly, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. I think I was I was thinking of starting somewhere like small, somewhere mm. a bit, just ease into the chemistry. Like, what is a wax?
2: Because
1: mm. a lot of people think of so a wax. In my opinion, a lot of people think of it as very different to an oil. Mm. Um. And it's the same with butters, actually. So when it comes to skincare, body butters.
2: Mm.
1: A lot of people think a body butter is the moisturiser. It is not. It is not. It's not going to actually moisturise your skin. Because moisturise means putting moisture into your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, there's got to be water there. Mm. And a body butter doesn't have water in it. That's why it's butter. But mm-hmm. It's an oil. Just an oil that's solid at room temperature.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and a wax is very similar slightly different, but very similar. Um, so I was thinking of starting there, maybe talking about like the differences between waxes and oils. Mm. I think it will be a lot easier for me to talk about the chemistry once I have skincare, because there's a lot more to say about the chemistry. So mm. like, I could do a whole post about like, what's a moisturizer? This is a a butter. Mm. If you have dry skin and you're thinking to yourself, I'm putting oil on my skin, like other girls on top. I'm still dry, why is that? Because that's what mm. happened to me, that exact thing has happened to me. Why is that? Um, it's because I didn't know before that an oil is not a moisturizer because people use the language interchangeably. Yeah, yeah, Um, It never dawned on me that the reason your skin's still dry is because all it's doing is sealing dryness into your skin. Mm. So you just, oil and water don't mix, so you mm. put an oil on the top, so they keep the water in, Mm. But There's no water in there, so there's, there's nothing to keep in. Um, so I could that relates in a way with um the candles and stuff like that. So how do you improve um the scent quality? Why why when you buy candles sometimes is there sections where it feels like you can't uh, smell anything because mm. it's not been mixed well enough? Because the wax, when you heat it up, basically a really thick oil, mm. and then the fragrance oil is an oil, but they're not the same viscosity. Yeah, so they're not. It's not like thickness. I want to yeah, say to diffuse. It it's not
0: well. like yeah, it's
1: not distributed. Yeah, yeah, full. yeah. You gotta mix it like really, really well. Otherwise, you will get spots that are just wax, mm. and it will smell like wax, mm. basically. Uh, which is a wax on its own doesn't really smell like anything, mm. to be honest. Um, but yeah, I feel like if I start like small like that, mm. then maybe maybe I'll find a unique section of the internet of other chemists who are actually
0: well into candles.
1: Yeah, into candles too, and maybe they <laughs> maybe they'll come and look at my post me and we could talk <laughs> chemistry.
0: Yeah. Well, also, I mean, you know, a lot of marketing—it's it—it's shouting, but it's also consumer education. It's like you know,
1: yeah,
0: that they're always telling you, you know, like you—you've already mentioned this sort of your story, your journey, all of that kind of stuff. It's like you are teaching your consumers. About your product, and that is that is sales. It's like it does this, but I also it's like the whole sell the sizzle, not the steak thing. And you, you know, you having that realization that the, with the candles, it's the scent. You know, you literally are selling the sizzle and not the steak. Like that's mm-hmm. that's your sales bit.
1: Plus, also, I feel like I def- I definitely need to be doing more educational posts about my product because mm-hmm. I find a lot of people have candles don't really know how to use them safely, though.
2: Actually,
1: like, things like you're supposed to trim your wick down. So Mm. it's like, really sharp, like your flame gets really big. Yeah. Now, from a purely safety standpoint, obviously, it's a catch fire. It's wax is flammable. So like, Mm. it's catch fire, the whole thing's flammable. That's why it bends. Mm. Um, but also, I, I. I've always been telling my customers that. I started framing it differently recently in that telling them that if you do this, it prolongs the burn of your candle. Mm. Because it does. Because if the flame is really big. You're burning a lot of wax at a time. Mm-hmm. So it goes down really fast. Mm. If you trim your wick, you can get a lot longer burn out of your candles. We, you know By doing that education, I've found that that's the bit that customers care about mm-hmm. more, That
2: mm-hmm.
1: their candle is going to last longer. Mm. So it feels so silly to be shouting about it every week, but I actually have to shout about it every week. Plus, also, please don't take your house on fire. Like, I, I also, you have people ask all kinds of questions. Like, do wax melts need water? When you, you please don't add any water. Please yeah. don't add water. But this is what I mean by because a lot of people don't understand the chemistry. Mm. They don't understand that if you add water it's going to be much the same as when you had water and fire.
0: Sorry, I've got a really kind of like, you, you've you sort of, I can imagine you doing like little, you could do little science experiments ones of like, here are the dangers, here's what could go wrong. And sort of kind of show it going like, this is I'd love the, to do that. That'd be ace, wouldn't it? Little That would be
1: so good. <laughs> when I was at university, I actually used to be a, a student ambassador. Mm. But So I'd go and i take kids around the chemistry department and Tell them why they study chemistry, why chemistry is cool. All that kind of stuff, try and get kids to to chemistry. Mm. But my university used to have these um, people called street scientists. Mm-hmm. And they would literally walk around the streets of Newcastle and do science. I wanted that job so bad. So bad. <laughs> doing science experiments on the street. Like, I love doing science experiments. Guerrilla science. I literally, I can't wait until my son is old enough to do stuff like that. Yeah. Because obviously we can't do anything like that.
0: Yeah, do like little volcano projects and dioramas and things and yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I used to do all kinds of little um, experiments with my sister because she likes science, and, yeah. like my little sister. And um so fun. Or oh, even I go to the science centre when I'm in Newcastle just to do the experiments. They're for kids. But,
2: mm. It's fun. So, <laughs>
1: so, I was a kid. Places like, yeah, <laughs> places like Magna. I would go to Magna all the time. Yeah, But I'm not allowed because I have to actually take a child with me. <laughs> Can't just go by myself. Apparently, <laughs> I wish they had stuff like that, but I don't so because I'd be into it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm very. They'll in... probably come.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I hope so. Maybe one day I can I can do experiments. I'm actually quite interested in starting like a uh, in trialing doing a candle making class. Mm. So, you know, people, hey, come and make their own candle. Mm. But I get to do something I love, which is teaching people about chemistry. So, mm. You know, I tri- want to try all that. I think that would be very fun and it's helpful for education. Mm. I like telling people how that candle is made because mm. it helps them understand how better to treat their candle. For example, don't pour it down the sink. Mm. When you melt it, don't pour it down the sink. You know, what's going to happen. It's going to solidify in your pipe, <laughs> pour it down the sink. <laughs> But like, a lot of people
0: don't think about that kind of thing. That's it. I, well, if you don't know, I mean, no, you know, like people talk about common sense, but it's like, it's only common sense if you've experienced it or you've seen it or you've seen somebody exactly. else sort of doing it. It's like, and you know, it, it's so easy to not think of something blatantly obvious. Like, I've, so for example, with my desk where I'm situated now. This is like way better than like for the first 18 months of when I was running the business, I was sort of in a dingy corner and I was like twisted to do any work. And I did that for ages. And then I eventually moved the desk and everything was in front of me and I could set things up. And I was like, this is amazing. Why, why didn't I do this before? Yeah. Like my life is so much not, not as stressful already.
1: <laughs> this is it. And like, even though it seems like common sense, Actually, most people have no idea how quickly hot wax cools down mm. because when are you pouring hot wax? Mm. Literally, hopefully, never. Because, actually, why dangerous? It's really hot, actually, it just skin. But, like, you know, people don't realize that if I take a jug of wax and I pour it, depending on how much wax is in there, it can start to solidify before it even hits the ground. Depends how cold it is. Mm. So, if I went outside on a winter's day, poured a jar of wax Mm. you know in a nice little stream it would solidify before it hit the ground or it would start to but people don't think oh so i'm gonna pour this wax in the pipe the wax is hot and it's just gonna melt Mm. as as soon as it leaves the jar Mm. it's gonna start cooling down and then it's gonna become a big solid probably in u u-bend somewhere Mm. but you know why would anyone be thinking about that if they've not tried it before you know what how would you know I was shocked by how the liquid liquids down, go
0: down actually. the sink. That's what sinks yeah. so are
1: <laughs> And people also don't think about what happens when that, when it does eventually get to the, what, like you're polluting, pollution, mm-hmm. pollution, like actually there's a, in the lab, there's a lot of things that you're not allowed to, put, allowed to put down the sink. You're pretty much not allowed to put anything down the sink. We have all these big tubs or different kinds of contaminants and all that kind of stuff, depending mm-hmm. on what's in there. like. A lot of people don't think about how when they pour or throw what happens to their rubbish when they throw it away. Mm. A lot of people don't think about that kind of stuff but mm. they think oh, I'm throwing it away.
2: It's gone yeah. now. Mm.
1: No it's not. It's probably yeah. in the ocean actually.
0: Yeah.
1: Most things end up in the ocean.
0: Yeah, these Definitely. are these are the away things. There's the away bucket which needs to be taken away. And there's the away tubes and pipes where you you put liquids in and they go away. And then there's stuff that comes into the house. And it's because you don't really deal with it. You don't deal with it until you are like renting or a homeowner or, you know, like until you actually have to deal with something, you're not really thinking about it because it's like, well, why would I think about that?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like the amount of people I meet who don't know that you shouldn't put oil or oil down the sink. Like grown adults from that I always put oil down the sink and I've never had an issue yet. You haven't had an issue yet. <laughs> I haven't had, had a bummer out yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know somewhere in your pipes there's gonna be a nice little horrible congealed yeah. hot well, no longer hot oil. Yeah. But obviously when the oil's hot, very viscous, oils yeah. very easily. Mm. That's not what happens at the pipes though. Because when you put cold water down afterwards, that oil gets thicker and thicker and thicker, and it also holds food and all that mm-hmm. kind. Of, and it creates a blockage, mm. but a lot of people don't know that mm. because why? Why would they know that? Do you know mm. what I mean? Mm. I do. I think um, I try very hard to, or at least I'm starting to try very hard to, aside from the chemistry, educate my customers and followers and stuff about how important it is to consider the environment in things that they do.
0: Yeah, I mean, right. that's, that's where I was going to go next. I've got a green question, so yeah, sorry. Oh,
1: yeah, okay. Should we, should we could do But we, I mean, it was just, so if I, if,
0: so my framing is basically, uh, so I use climate change to kind of cover the whole kind of environmental sort of agenda, for want of a better term. Um, And it's basically like how, what can you do to address climate change in your work? Like, is it something that you can address or do address or like, I mean, as a, as a business owner and a startup as well, like, I mean, is that something that you thought about initially starting up or was it just like, I can, I'll have to worry about that when I'm actually making money?
1: So I thought about it from the start, but um, it is quite hard as a small business owner mm. to be environmentally friendly because mm. even things like having someone come and collect my waste wax.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: I had a big tub mm. filled with wax, waste wax. So when it comes time to remove that 10 kilo slab of wax that's in there, mm. it's going to cost me a fortune, I don't know, to get someone to come and take it. Or I can probably take it for them because it's not that heavy, mm-hmm. but to actually get it exposed though. Mm. So it is quite hard to consider stuff like that. But I thought about it from the start in, first, my choice of wax. So I chose soy wax. Um, although there are issues around the production of soy, but mostly based on how much soy we use now. Um, And obviously there are also people who are allergic to soy, Mm. which I have a friend who's allergic to soy, and whenever she comes to my house, I blow out all the candles, Mm. just in case, just in case. Um, But paraffin wax, for example, paraffin wax is a lot more stable than soy wax, Mm. but it's worse for the environment. Mm. So paraffin wax is extracted from crude oil, Mm. much like petrol. And obviously that's not good for the environment. Also, it's a finite source mm-hmm. of wax. So I was very thoughtful in choosing my wax. I also would love to one day expand to like these wax. This mm-hmm. is another renewable alternative, but a different option to side. Mm-hmm. But I don't have the facilities to use two kinds of wax at the moment. so mm-hmm. um, We've chosen the one and stuck with it. Mm. I also think about the environment in my packaging. I feel like my packaging is the main place where I think about it. So everything is packaged in paper mm-hmm. or cardboard. I don't have any plastic. However, in the beginning, I did have plastic. Mm. Because it's the cheapest way to store your products.
2: Yeah.
1: It's the cheapest way to keep them separated and stop them from all mushing, mushing together. Yeah, And um, over time. I moved the wax melts out of the plastic packaging mm-hmm. to the paper packaging. I just had to find the right type of packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did think about it from the start, um, especially in the candles have always come boxed in cardboard mm-hmm. because there's actually no reason for it to be in plastic, none. Um, plastic, even if my consumer does not recycle mm-hmm. that cardboard, mm-hmm. even if that cardboard cannot be recycled because of the shiny varnish that's on the outside, which I don't I feel like it can, but they might decide they don't. Yeah, you're not 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how, how could I know? it?
0: Yeah, yeah, you don't know where it goes when
1: area. it's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but even still, that is better for the environment mm. than something I know is not going to biodegrade for millions of years. Mm. Um, so I think about that. I also think about um, it in stuff like how i post my products um so the they are when i actually do get online orders and i have to post it and they're packaged with packing peanuts but if i tell you how many packing peanuts i have in my house hmm. you would think i'm joking but i collected all the packing peanuts from the initial um massive delivery i got hmm. to make my first set of products even now to this day i'm still using this packing peanuts
2: mm.
1: and i thought about actually getting ordering recyclable packing peanuts mm-hmm. so am i but then am i going to just throw these packing peanuts away that's worse for the environment actually i'm getting new packing peanuts when i have packing peanuts at home and mm. um, so you know i encourage my customers to reuse their products i add a seed pack in the medium and large candles so that when you finish your candle you can actually plant some seed and get a plant to help reduce our carbon footprint mm. um but it's a lot more difficult to do that and that's part of the reason why my price might be higher than mm. some other small businesses but it's all these environmental policies I put in place
2: mm. cost money, mm. yeah, yeah. Cost
1: money so. yeah yeah but to me it's more important to do what I can as a business owner because mm. i will be the first to tell you that the average person not using a plastic straw is not going to save the environment mm. it's not mm. you need big companies like especially big fast fashion companies like pretty little thing stop mm. doing what you're doing mm. Just stop, stop that uh companies like amazon amazon yes all your packaging is cardboard that's great why are you sending me this ginormous box for one small thing though <laughs> Mm. Even the fact that they do the, the next day delivery, same day delivery, even now, terrible for the environment, honestly. Mm. Um, and actually, we need a big a change in what big companies do. But if I can start making those small changes now mm. in my company, mm. then hopefully, the bigger we get, the more I can do.
2: Yeah.
1: Plus, yeah. Um, also, I don't want to be contributing to. The eventual decline of our planet.
2: Yeah.
1: Very big on working towards resolving climate change. Always have been. Yeah. So I do what I can. You know, that's one of your key selling
0: points, isn't it? Is that you can be, you can work towards being as sustainable as possible and put that into the price. But that can be more trustworthy because you're, you know, you're a person genuinely trying to do it rather than a big company saying, we do this.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I actually sit there and talk to people about ways to be environment. Oh, I made a cup of tea, you know, right before this started, <laughs> and it, it's cold now.
0: I do that a lot. I'll make a coffee.
1: <laughs> I've just realised
0: it's just yeah, you don't get a chance to drink there.
1: <laughs> no, I've just realised it's just sitting there cold now. I'm gonna microwave it, but um, yeah, like because I sit there and I'm actually a person talking to you about what I personally do. I think it's a lot easier to hear that out but i also do believe that greenwashing is a very real issue mm. so for example even just in the candle space i suppose that's a thing um there are a lot of people who make and sell candles there are a lot of people who make and sell candles and wax mounts and talk about how much better soy wax is for the environment mm. But everything you sell is packaged in plastic. Mm. So, any benefits you're gaining from using soy wax are probably being reduced by the sheer amount of plastic packaging that's mm. going through and your the
0: transportation package. for soy as well. Because it's, like, it's not like you can grow it in your garden, is it?
1: Is it like I try even and made, so when I order something, I hate having to order just one thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I try and do big monthly orders. Mm. Um where possible, obviously that's not completely possible as a small business because I can't have every single thing on in hand and on, on in stock. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes someone will order something that I just don't have and I'm like, well, Go not order the surprise now. Mm. But you know, where possible, I try and make a bigger order if I can. Mm. So it'll all come in one big box. So the DPD guy does not have to come to my house four times mm. this week. Because that's bad for the environment, you know. Eat. I forgot what I was going to say.
0: Yes, all right. I was I was going to ask you how do you get your stock to market? Are you have you got a van, the car? Are You on foot? Are you that you've got a cargo bike? <laughs>
1: uh, I I drive, so um, I actually am registered disabled, so I have a blue badge and all of that. Um, but unfortunately, that means I have to drive a lot. Yeah, um, because otherwise, we don't.
0: Well you wouldn't get it there
1: We we wouldn't go anywhere (laughs) Like going to the supermarket Walking to the supermarket Yeah it's not going to happen It's just not practical Because Mm -hmm. if I do that That's my whole day gone Mm -hmm. Just from going to the supermarket But Where possible I will try and avoid making multiple trips Mm -hmm. So Between me and my son in the car I will pack everything into the Mm car Mm -hmm. So that I minimise how much driving around I have to do, even when I, even though it seems practical, sensible, but time-wise, mm. when I make orders, I'll do them all in the same day. Yeah, yeah. To minimize the amount of petrol I'm going to have to use, I'll sit there and calculate what route I'm going to take Yeah. to pass by everyone in the minimum amount of petrol, I guess, right? yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't want to be, like, wasting petrol. I also don't tend to do a lot of markets which are very far away yeah yeah Yeah. um so
0: you're only traveling local sort of thing it's not like you you know jetting off internationally and yeah yeah i
1: also got internationally as yet was
0: that a conscious choice was that sort of designed as part of the plan? yeah yeah
1: because um i feel like until i am i feel like i'm not trying to ship one candle all the way across the atlantic Yeah, yeah, yeah. When there's someone, there'll be someone near you... Yeah, yeah. ...who makes that. Yeah. Probably in your city, actually. Yeah. Who makes something very similar. Um. Now, obviously, one day, as the business grows, yes, I will probably start to ship to different countries. It's not sustainable to only ship to the UK.
0: Well, um, you could also, you could, you know, I'm thinking, I want to use the word franchise, but, you know, you could... You could give your recipe and have someone, you know, like set up shop somewhere yeah. else and have them make it locally.
1: So that's more, or I would pref- prefer if I'm going to do it to ship a lot of candles.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: A space
2: over yeah. there
1: yeah. In, in the US. This is specifically to the US because I feel like shipping to Europe within Europe, that'll probably come a lot sooner mm-hmm. um, because actually it doesn't necessarily have to get on a flight. Although a lot of things that go to Europe do get on a flight. They have trains, they have other options, you know. Mm. I can look into which option is the best for mm. me personally. Um, but shipping to the US just seems even though it reduces my market, because it really does, mm. cause the American like my target audience in America, mm. they spend a lot of money on this type of stuff. Yeah. But
0: and you'd have an English accent, and they'd be
1: like, "Oh, you're really yeah." Cool. They love that. They love that. <laughs> but I would rather, me personally, ship um, a bunch of candles to the US and then have them distributed from there, mm-hmm. or you know, have someone who makes them locally there, and mm. um, something like that. Because actually, the amount of shipping we do, is just really a lot yeah. and why am i shipping this really small box all the way over yeah. to the u.s i haven't yeah. sent anything in the post out of the uk actually no. not even to my grandma in jamaica because i looked into it and i thought about it and i'm just like aside from the fact it would cost a fortune why yeah like when i go there i'll take one yeah. in fact i did i did send her some but you know we sent her a bunch of stuff they call like barrels so you sell a barrel with stuff, yeah. and then it goes on a boat it goes to Jamaica and she gets it. So I put some in there, but to me, it just that. It, it's we needless. Be shopping more locally. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. there will be someone in your country doing that. Yeah. I bet you you can find a very similar product. I don't know about the quality. I can't speak to the quality. I yeah. Also, haven't ordered any candles from the US because yeah. why? Um, but you know, you could probably find someone who in your local area is a something bit like that. Yeah. So obviously, I shipped to the whole UK, but
2: yeah.
0: But you also, fun. you know, you also have a market store. I mean, at the moment, you know, you've got a, you've got a business to run. God damn it! <laughs> you yeah, gotta, I mean, do actually can...
1: need people to buy stuff. Yeah. Time, but also, <laughs> I also offer things like sort of like a click and collect system. Yeah. If you order a candle online, and um, you know, you want to collect it from me at a market, that's mm. fine. Saves you on postage Better for the environment
2: mm. Or
1: if you order a candle And you live within Like Sort of like the inner Portions mm. Of the lead Obviously Not too far from my house But um, If you live within the inner Sort of like in Within the Like ring road Yeah yeah like, yeah Area
2: Yeah
1: I will deliver it okay. Luckily yeah. I will drive over to you And deliver it Obviously It depends on Individually where you are And um, But why am I wasting cardboard, mm. putting it in a box, waiting for yeah, yeah. a parcel peanut yeah. to package and send you a parcel mm. when you live five streets away? Yeah, yeah. Like to me, that, that just seems, silly. you know, I can just yeah. go and deliver that locally whilst I'm out and about, I might be dropping my son off much. Exactly. It. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe you live in like Beeston and we're going to Crown Point one day. Mm. Okay. So then. I'll just drop it off on my way to Crown Point.
0: Does that that sort of help upsell anything? Do people kind of, and especially if they're saving on packaging, are they kind of like, oh, oh well, I mean, if you're going to drop it off, well, can we get three of them instead? Or or, have you had any
2: of that?
1: Um, Once or twice, but I tend to get, the the fact that I offer local delivery seems to make people more likely to purchase from me at (laughs) markets. So obviously at markets, I take stuff to sell. Whilst I'm there, but I can't have one of everything. So I'll be like, if you want this, I'll make it and then I'll deliver it to you. And that has actually helped get me sales. And um, just from people being like, Oh, okay, so I live in Chapel town, I do loads of markets in Chapel town. I live in Chapel town. Okay, well, I'm just gonna, I can, I can deliver it to you. And I will literally come to your house and drop it off. Mm-hmm. Like, that actually does helped lynch some sales for me mm. actually mm. plus also why are you paying for postage to order from a company that's in the sea <laughs> I, it actually saves you money if you if you're going to be in town on a saturday and i'm going to be in town on a saturday why don't i just give you the product why don't you just come and see me and i'll give you the product Do you know what i mean mm. especially before christmas i think it i think it helps with sales before christmas because you know, you weren't worrying about Christmas delays and shipping and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, Um How was
0: and- Christmas for you? Was it mental? Was it just really yeah, busy? It was a bit
2: hectic.
1: <laughs> I, w- I wasn't prepared. You know what? I wasn't prepared. I was not thinking in October people were going to be asking me for Christmas stuff. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any Christmas candles? I was like, what? It's October? I don't like to think about Christmas, really, until <laughs> after the bonfire night. So... Once Black Fair night has passed, Christmas.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: Christmas. yeah. That's the next holiday, and I'll be fully in Christmas mode. I get very into Christmas. I love mm. Christmas, but people were asking me for this stuff in October, yeah. even at the end of September. Yeah. Do you have any Christmas scent? So I think this year I would I will start earlier.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Probably create the stock in like August, mm. and then have it just sitting there waiting. Have all the stuff ready to go, because last time I wasn't prepared, and mm. I made a lot of sales at Christmas. Yeah. To say I'd only started my business that year, yeah, yeah, I made quite a lot of sales over the christmas period people yeah. were people were coming in and buying like five large candles, yeah this large candle is twenty four pounds, not yeah. so much money but yeah. people were like, yeah, I'm going to give them a gift um you know, people are extra festive at Christmas.
2: Mm.
1: I, I might say, "Oh, I don't have any change," and they're like, "Oh, you know what? Just throw another one in the bag." You know that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At Christmas, <laughs> but it just meant I was producing candles at a rate I didn't even know it was possible. Yeah. Every day, I was making candles every single day.
0: That's it. You haven't got time to produce. You—that's you, the time to sell. You need to be concentrating like hundred percent on sales, don't you? Really, at that point. Yeah. So. I
1: feel like this year, I definitely like to get a better balance between making i selling the products because yeah. I was selling the product. But then at the time I didn't have no time mm. to make the products because I was always out selling the products. Mm. So I was encroaching into my own personal time to make mm. the product. Yeah, so yeah. on Monday, my son would be having a nap. And I'd be outside like that, spire it up, see how many candles I can get done. But mm. no, no, that's not sustainable. <laughs> Monday's your day off. And I'd be very clear about the fact that Monday's my day off. Yeah. Um I might do that on social media here and there, but like, I'm not going to be working. It's just not sustainable. I realized that over Christmas, working every day is not sustainable. Mm. So this year, I think what does help is because I make more sales, the more sales I make, the more candles I can make at a time. Mm. Also, the more candles I feel confident making. Mm. Because I've got to estimate how many I think people will buy as well. Yeah.
0: And how many you can make you know, within a given yeah, how many time. I can store. What yeah, and what what cereals you've got to hand and what you need to get in and yeah.
1: Yeah, this is it. Like I've got I'll probably have to buy like wax in advance to well, be prepared. Yeah. Um and then things start going out of stock at Christmas as well, like yeah. flies start getting difficult to get. Yeah. I had yeah. one candle, mould wine. It was so popular, but I just had to stop selling it because of, like the fragrance oil is out of stock. Like mm. I, it did come back in stock until like february mm. nobody's trying to make worldwide white candles in february but you see <laughs> in september now i'm gonna be ordering my mold wine fragrance oil big ball mm. so that way when people come and order it i'm ready yeah to make the candle even if i don't have all of the candles made because mm. it's i'll probably underpredict i'll probably sell more than i make because that's the idea really mm. i don't want to have leftover stock, but People buy Christmas candles all year round. Actually, yeah. I still yeah. sell gingerbread candles now. Yeah. but you still one.
0: You're still going to get all of those. You know, because the, the 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 line of business that you're in, like it it is a popular gift item. You're yeah. going to make you know up to fifty percent of your sales around Christmas. I, I would reckon.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think one thing I didn't really consider when I started my business is the fact that most people don't just buy candles on a weekly a day.
2: Mm,
0: yeah, so, yeah. you January, customers all the time.
1: Yeah, in January, it's like I did not sell a singular candle, not one, mm. not a single candle. Mm. Because who's buying candles in January? Me. So, me as a person, as a consumer, yeah I buy candles in January because that's when the Christmas candles go on sale.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And those are the scents that I like. Mm-hmm. So, I bulk buy them in January. Obviously, not anymore because I make candles for a living. There's no point. Mm-hmm. I have loads. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, you know, I would both The last buying, thing like, I need to buy is candles <laughs> Yeah, literally, I could not tell you The last time I bought a candle I was like, <laughs> why? If I want a candle in a particular scent I, You know what I'll do, I'll go and make it mm. And then I'll just Be like, look, we've got a new scent Because mm. obviously I have to buy materials to make it So mm. got a new scent um, But Yeah, like, what I didn't realise Is that how People do buy candles all the time Mm. But you actually have to be contact constantly contacting strangers mm. You don't have the repeat custom in the same way mm. Like, say you sell I don't know I don't know, off the top of my head Okay, so say you sell foundation mm-hmm. Just because I'm in my room and that's what I can see mm. Say you sell foundation When the bottle of foundation is finished Actually, that's... Mm, the person will come back and buy more foundation but, you know but <laughs> if, if it's someone who works wears foundation yeah. every day, yeah, yeah
2: yeah
1: they might need to buy a bottle of foundation every month yeah, or say yeah. you sell like <laughs> a body butter
2: yeah,
1: they need that every month yeah. not many people need a candle every month
2: yeah
1: now there are there are some what I did find is there are a lot of candle enthusiasts. So there are people who might come and they'll buy like two, three, four candles because mm. they're enthusiasts. But that also means that how long it's going to be before that person burns through two, three, four candles. Mm. Actually, like probably like two months. So you're constantly having to source new people to buy a product. Mm. I didn't really think about that. I just thought like people would just switch all of their candle buying to me. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be buying. But if you did, if you hadn't had that
0: thought, you wouldn't have started this business, is the thing. You have to That's kind true. of delude yourself into thinking it's like, that'll be easy. People will give me money for that. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't everyone flock to me and give me their money for this thing that I want to do? Yeah,
1: I was just sitting there like, people buy candles. So why would people not just stop buying candles from whoever they normally buy candles from, whether that be Yankee Candle or whoever, and then Come and buy my candles, and jobs are good. There's a lot of people in Leeds. They can all just buy my candles. No, yeah, yeah no, that's not. No, first of all, there's a lot of people who sell candles in Leeds. Mm. Firstly, competition very saturated, mm. and also, even though I make candles for a living, I know my friends definitely still buy candles from other people. I know yeah. they do. They yeah. definitely do. Yeah, and it's like
0: like traitors.
1: <laughs> I think I think, why, no, 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 when I make candles for a living, really. But then also a lot of people don't wanna make the switch from going into home bargains and buying a candle,
2: mm.
1: five pound candles, mm. massive, gonna last for ages. Actually not gonna last you for as long cause it's not made as well, but mm. five pounds. Mm. And you get to buy all these different candles. A lot of people don't want to make the switch from that mm. because like, honestly a candle is not a priority. So I'm not surprised. It's actually quite hard. To get, I know I've still got family members who definitely, definitely go to whole baggage like, about candles stuff mm. But like at the same time, my product can't be for everyone.
0: Yeah. It can't be and you everyone. can't blame them either. It's kind of like, you know. And I mean, do you get people sort of asking for mates rates and like, oh, can you do his, can you do his bunch of candles on the cheap?
1: You know what? You know what? Not really, no.
0: Yeah.
1: I think no one ever really asked me for mates rates. And that's, I think that's because I'm very clear about how much my product mm-hmm. costs. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you don't want to buy it that's fine yeah that's fine but if you ask me to make it cheaper that's probably going to be enough unless it's like a wholesale order i do do wholesale orders yeah, um, yeah. Like, so i'm in a couple of shops locally mm-hmm. so obviously the candles are cheaper for them because otherwise why would they buy them mm-hmm. that make that mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um but like i never really actually get anyone asking for mates rate probably because i give away so much stuff though Hmm. I literally give stuff to my friends and family all the time so they don't really need to ask. Like,
0: well, uh, you can't blame them then for not purchasing, can you, really?
1: Honestly, to this day, I don't think my dad's ever bought a candle from me, but why would he when I give him candles all the time? Yeah. Not, he doesn't need it <laughs> so, like, Every time he comes up, I'm like, try this candle. Try this candle. Try this candle.
0: <laughs> the last thing I need to buy is a candle. <laughs> exactly.
1: Like, he doesn't need to buy candles from literally anyone else. Because <laughs> Probably I've ever again. Told, like, Here's a candle. And you know what? His birthday is coming up. And you know what's going to be the collection again? Candle. Everybody got a candle for Christmas. It was like, I, was, I felt like Oprah being like, do you get a candle? Everybody got candles for Christmas. You got, they got other things. Mm. Everyone got candles. Like yeah.
2: Something.
1: So, like, you know, actually, my friends and family probably don't. That probably really actually do help hinder my business. But at the same time,
0: it's and- nice, though, to be able to, like, you know, you're making something that is. It, it, Nice. I mean it's a it's a practical physical real item that you can give to people and it is you know yeah, it's definitely. like a nice gift item and it's like, oh yeah, thanks. I mean, so that's quite nice to be able to do that.
1: Look free promo. Look how many houses my candles in.
2: Yeah.
1: All these people have my candles. And then when someone comes to your house and goes, Where did you get that candle? I know my dad would be like, My daughter made it. <laughs> Very proud of that, my daughter. <laughs> so, <you> know, <laughs> promo. And then you
0: Look, then like three well then you have to get him to memorize like your instagram and your website so he can instantly reel it off
1: <laughs> See, the, the upside is all of my social media is all exactly the same it's all just rants of leads before i did anything to the business
2: mm.
1: i scared the social media spot on every social media platform mm. so we've got a tiktok to be possible tiktok not really mm. but the tiktok spot right. mm. you know the all of that i did that that was one of the first things i did Open an Instagram page immediately Nobody's going to take my name <laughs> And like I didn't post on it for months and yeah. I didn't and yeah. um, So that is that. I suppose that's an upside But that's why I did it like that yeah. So that way I wouldn't have to There's nothing I dislike more than When your social media is different On every different like, like, I, don't, I, don't
2: like, I don't
1: like that Because it just makes it Harder for someone to find you mm. across, cross Find you on social media mm-hmm. if it's all the same very easy and also they remember your name name on everything yeah yeah. so yeah yeah. but yeah like i don't know i feel like i feel like also as a business owner i kind of like giving away my products to be fair because i use my product to give back as well so Mm -hmm. recently we did a um raffle for leeds baby bank Mm -hmm. so these baby bank are great and i remember seeing towards the end of last year they posted that they were running out of funding and they were going to be closing down and mm-hmm. these uh, baby banks have helped me personally when i had my son um like before i started the business but i had literally nothing and um i was like right well that's a very real thing i can do mm-hmm. i can actually go make a product and raffle it made 82 pounds it's only 82 pounds but
0: yeah, still 82 <laughs> pounds. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. It's better than zero pounds. And, yeah. you know, that was something I could do using my platform. Mm. I also, if most people come up to me and say, oh, I would like to raffle your candle for this charity, I'd more than likely give them mm. well, Or something, even if it's wax melt or whatever, because, mm. like, that's something I could do to help my community. Mm. So even like I've had family members who work for like, um, like uh, women's shelters, hostels, that kind of stuff, raffle my products mm. and, you know, they raise money for their house. So cool. Oh, it doesn't really cost me anything to do that for you.
0: Well, and you can tax write off it, you can ta- write it off on tax as well. Can't you? As, um, yeah, I don't like
1: know. I charity- feel like my, accountant, my yeah. accountant probably can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure he can. Plus. For me, it's like, Mm. I started my business to offer something to my community. Mm. So, okay. People might not see how candles benefit your community, but they actually do. That is one of your strongest ties to memory. Plus also I sell scents like lavender. So lavender obviously helps you sleep. Mm. Um, that's how we started with Mm. me trying to get more sleep. Obviously
0: you don't want to be sleeping while the candle's on.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no. Preferably <laughs> buy the wax melt and use an electric wax melt <laughs> yeah, burner. Yeah. That way if you fall asleep, it's not gonna then you have to. Um but you know, it might just make you sleepy beforehand. Or mm. I now sell one that's like vapor rub
2: mm-hmm.
1: because me as a person, I very much dislike vapor rub. I don't and I'm from a community where vapor rub is used for everything. Everything <laughs> my son got a splinter yesterday. My grandma was like, put some vapor rub on it. I don't know Why? Okay You know what I'm, I'm not even going to ask you why Because you just could have been like Vapor rub is good And like, Okay Alright But well, you know what When he gets back I'm going to put that vapor rub on his leg That's what he's got to do But I do not like Touching vapor rub I don't like Putting vapor rub on my skin I don't like I just I just don't like it yeah. mm. so like i avoid using vapor rub like the thing unless i'm really really sick in which case you know i'm sick if i've got vapor rub yeah. it irritates. it really irritates the skin on my hands mm. and i really really you know because it's eucalyptus and yeah it, oh it like burns yeah. and i really don't like it so i created a vapor rub candle because i wanted to see if it's the smell of the eucalyptus mm. really, obviously vapor rub has all the stuff in it that helps and all that kind of stuff but the smell, really, that clears yeah, yeah, chest and all yeah. of that. So, will that work in a candle? Mm. The answer is yes. Mm. Yes, it does. So now I have. I'm right by the side of my bed every day. Vapor rub wax melts because mm. I get a lot of colds with a child in nursery. They're just yeah. spreaders of disease. <laughs> <laughs> Comes home every day and just coughs in my face. So you know, I like. I I use the vapor rub wax melts, but you know. There be there might be someone else in my community Who has a similar issue with Vaporub mm. If they do Someone actually bought one Because someone bought one over the weekend And said that their brother gets uh, really bad allergies
2: mm-hmm.
1: So mm. They bought this Vaporub wax milk for him And I was like yeah to be fair It's going to do exactly what you want it to do in that regard mm. Like clear out your chest Obviously it's not quite as aggressive as Vaporub Because Vaporub mm. is on your skin Right mm. under your face yeah, yeah. But you can fill the whole room with it And it's yeah. actually not so overpowering.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to balance that quite right, don't you? It's, yeah.
1: yeah, I thought it was going to be like really, really strong. I was like, yeah. I started off by using like less fragrance oil than I normally would, but then actually, it's it's well made. Yeah, mm. it does exactly what it says on the tin. But I want to do. I did that because that might help someone. That might be one other person who has that issue. But if mm. it's helped one other person, it's enough of a reason to do it for me. Mm. And with my skincare, I want to come up with um, some like a really good moisturiser. A, a lot of my products are going to be aimed towards people with sensitive skin. Because I have really sensitive skin. Mm. But I like using fancy baths, bath stuff too. But I can't because it irritates my skin. Yeah, because yeah. all the fragrance and stuff. Yeah. like irritates my skin. But, you know, if I can make something that's going to help, someone enjoy their day by having a really nice bath Mm. or maybe they want to use bath soap and they can't because bath soap irritates their skin so I'm going to try and create a bath soap that doesn't do you know what I mean Um, and a nice heavy moisturiser because an ailment that's quite common in my community is actually diabetes Mm. so when you have diabetes you can get like because the circulation to your feet you Mm -hmm. get really really dry Mm -hmm. Um, and ready with the crap so i want to make something to that because that's a very real issue in my community okay i'm not a doctor i cannot cure your diabetes no but you're a chemist make you a nice moisturizer yeah exactly help you with your feet you know what i mean
0: and as well i think you know because a lot of that you know the sales are kind of driven by that kind of i won't be as harsh as to call it greenwash but like you know the sort of Oh, I'm 100% all natural this and I'm 100% all natural this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, but you can come from it as a like, well, I'm a chemist and I know, and I'm a scientist and I also care about the environment and I'm making things locally. And so I'm going to make the best version of that, that I can with all of that in mind. So
2: I
1: can go out and ask people in my community, what are your skin concerns? Yeah. And they might tell me and I'll be like, okay, I'm mixing up for that. Mm. Make some of that helps, and also, I feel like you're right a lot of a lot of sales are driven on them being green and all natural. And one thing I want to try and educate people about in my community mm. is just because something is not naturally derived does not mean it's bad for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of people are very scared chemicals okay. Mm. I use chemicals in quotation marks everything's chemicals, mm. including that water you're drinking That's chemical. Mm-hmm. if it had one extra oxygen you know what would happen you'd die that's uh, sorry one extra hydrogen you know what'd happen you'd die mm-hmm. so like one extra oxygen would also kill you as well actually <laughs> very dangerous actually water really think about it water can kill you as well but like you know a lot of people are very scared of things like that or even on the skincare angle mm-hmm. Um. And it also actually does apply on the candle angle. A lot of people are afraid to use products with active ingredients in mm. things like lactic acid. So a very common issue within the like black community, obviously, and that very common issue, has is the pigmentation of your skin. Mm. Um, but a lot of people are afraid to use something that says it's got lactic acid in because they're hearing lactic acid and they're like, oh, it's a chemical. But mm. Your body naturally produces lactic, lactic acid mm. When you run and exercise
0: Gives you but, a stitch doesn't it yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah it's what makes your muscles do that yeah. Horrible thing um, You know your body naturally produces it But it's good for hyperpigmentation mm. Salicylic acid An example salicylic, A lot of people find salicylic acid Very scary I think often because they can't pronounce what it is It sounds
0: awesome like yeah it's, it's a good word uh,
1: <laughs> But it It, it literally is really good for acne. Mm. But there'll be people who are afraid of using products that are designed to Mm. cure the ailment Mm. they're looking for Mm. because they don't understand Mm. what's in it Mm. and they don't understand. You know, they think, oh, well, I can't see how it's being made. I'd much rather buy something from someone who is making from all natural ingredients and blah, blah, blah. And I understand that. Mm. But at the same time, Almost anyone can make and produce a product to sell it to you. Mm.
0: And and you are always taking their word for it. They are just saying it's a hundred percent. It's like, well, what do you know? Are you looking at the ingredients or are you just looking at that and going, that'll do me.
1: Does the product even even have ingredients on it? Yeah. (laughs) Because like sometimes people are just telling you something with no ingredients on it or nothing being like, Mm. yeah, I made this out of a scrub from, you know, all these kitchen items food mm. items one thing i definitely don't like is food items in skincare because the average person does not understand that yes you can use food items in skincare you've got to put preservatives in it though mm. otherwise it's going to get moldy mm. so like if you make an avocado mask very popular mm. it, will, it will it will be nice on your skin very moisturizing mm. but if you don't preserve it it's an avocado it's yeah. going to go off in like yeah. two days yeah. so avocado is like the most temperamental fruit It's going to go off immediately, but you know, often people are so focused on the natural side that they're not considering actually what could happen when this goes bad and I continue to put it on my face.
2: Mm.
1: When it gets moldy and you continue to put it on your face, you're going to be putting bacteria onto your face. Mm. That's not going to help you with your spots. It's not going to help you with your, whatever issue you're trying to resolve. Mm. Or oh, a lot of people that uh, look at it in the same way with candles of fragrance oil versus essential oils. Because mm. essential oils are you know naturally pressed and all sorts and blah blah blah. Essential oils behave differently. Essential oils are also not very nice on their own to use. Mm. Um if you buy eucalyptus oil and just rub it on your skin, it will literally burn you. Mm. It, 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 it will burn you. Because it's like French-pressed eucalyptus. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and often people are very set in me. But well, it's natural. Okay, but yes. that doesn't mean it's not safe. But yes. also, many things are natural. But chemists mm. literally derive stuff in a lab most of the mm. time from a natural product that mm. they've seen. Mm. So like willow bark versus the top of my head. I'm going to say it was ibuprofen. But I haven't used this information for a long time. Okay. but. People used to get Willow bark mm-hmm. and sort of like make tea with it for mm-hmm. pain. And then John Boots, the guy who owns boots. Well, obviously he doesn't own boots anymore. He's dead now. And um, it was a long time ago and he star people doing this. And he was like, Hmm, interesting. Mm. I'm going to try and replicate the product in that, that is actually working for your fame. Mm. And now we have ibuprofen because of that. Now we have ibuprofen. Um, is it ibuprofen? I feel like I need to look it up.
0: <laughs> Damn it! I'm being recorded. I have to get it right. I
1: know. Now I feel like I have to look it up. Um, <laughs> but it, it was—it's either ibuprofen or aspirin. But you—you you see my point, yeah. Like, yeah I get it. Um, you know, but people might, will then look at ibuprofen, um, and be like, "Oh, yeah, it's just made that- by
0: a big evil chemical corporation, and it's just automatically evil and polluting."
1: Yeah, aspirin. It was aspirin. Aspirin. I looked it up. Yeah, it was aspirin. Well, I feel like aspirin's not something that's used that commonly in the UK, so I was mistaken with ibuprofen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was aspirin. But yeah, people look and they look at a medication that's that's been prescribed by their doctor and say, "Okay, well, I'm going to use this natural alternative in- instead." Mm. Okay, but nine times out of ten, the medication—well, not nine times out of ten, but a lot of the times, the ibuprofen. Uh, the the medication, mm. they observed a natural phenomenon first. Yeah. Then they extracted the active ingredient. Then they made it better. Mm. They made it yeah. cleaner. They made yeah. it purer. They made it higher potency. Yeah. And then they put it in the tablet and give it to you. Yeah. that That's how it works. You know, but, you that's how it yeah. works.
0: Yeah. And most of the time, I mean, obviously within the tablet, like the actual active ingredient, the, the thing is normally a tiny amount. I mean, you're not having a pure sort of, yeah, you're not having like pure aspirin, are you in an aspirin? I'm, I'm guessing, but I would guess as well with ibuprofen, it's but like, cause you've got the sugar coating and then the, the stuff. So I imagine there's like stuff with the actual ibuprofen in it. Is that right?
1: I feel like no, but I couldn't say for certain okay. because I don't do pharmaceuticals yeah, like yeah, that yeah, anymore. Yeah. But yeah, they they always have some other stuff in it because it, it wouldn't just, hold to, you know, to make it hold together and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... I mean, yeah, I, I would imagine that when they,
0: that, you know, you'd have to put something in there. Anyway, this is total speculation because neither of us know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know what? I know a lot about... So I was very interested in pharmaceuticals, but after about like my second year of uni... When I realized how they actually make because yeah. I was like, yeah, that's not for me.
2: Because
1: mm. you can spend three years working on something, your life's work. Mm. You send it to the first round of testing and they go, we don't like the look of that art again. Mm. Yeah, that, that was what you mean. But yeah, even like, um, you're right though, because like, people don't realize that nature and science actually work hand in hand. Mm. And if you can combine the two, that's the best option. I remember seeing somebody on Twitter, something on Twitter that was going around recently was um Lori Harvey, so she has a skincare.
2: Line.
1: Mm. Um and she did a TikTok about putting a doing a facial like a mask, but she used yoghurt mm. from her fridge. Mm. The amount of people who were in my mentions arguing with me mm. that yogurt is better than a chemically produced product. Mm. First of all, you were probably eating out of that yogurt this morning. Spoon, you got all your mouth bacteria in the yogurt. Yogurt is not well preserved. It goes moldy very quickly, very quickly.
0: Also in industrial product. products, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Also, yogurt, it, how do doctors make yogurt? Yeah. They have to make <laughs> yogurt. Like, they get the milk and they make yogurt from yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and also, the thing in yogurt that works for helping remove the hyperpigmentation is lactic acid. Mm. Right? i not doing the heavy lifting. Mm. But the amount of lactic acid in a yogurt is so small compared to clean, pure lactic acid made in a lab. Mm. And the reason we make it in a lab is it's clean, mm. sterile. Mm. Yeah.
2: Mm.
1: Why? Like and the reason it was all so funny is because in lori Harvey's skincare line, she told several products to help with my mm. And these two. Mm. That's how, that's when I realized that there are so many people who just don't know Mm. and who will immediately lean towards something because it says it's natural Mm. without understanding that every natural product has a really long IU pack chemical name still. Mm. Everything. Milk will even have one. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like there will always be a long chemical name that you could use. Mm. Yeah. We call water water. But, but, you know, there's a, there's a long name for water, too, mm. as well. A very long <laughs> chemical name for water. But <laughs> so it actually is. Yeah, yeah, Which is one oxygen, two hydrogens on it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think as a chemist, I have the benefit of being able to think about it like that. But because a lot of people cannot see, you can't see. Mm. So you can't see that the lactic acid in your yogurt and the lactic acid in your skin care that came from a lab. It's the same, same thing. Mm. Same. Or you cannot see that your willow bark and your aspen. The same thing. Mm. It's just in willow bark, you're taking literal bark off of a tree, which has dirt. You know, bacteria. You know, mm. animals could have been on here. All kinds of stuff, right? Mm. Why do that when you can? You can. Yeah. Why yeah. do that when you can? You know.
0: Refine it, make it better. Put some work into it, and yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, I feel like it's really important to me to share that aspect of it with my community mm. because there are a lot of people who just don't know these things.
2: Mm.
1: They just don't know, and I want to help them understand that just because it's chemical doesn't mean you have to be afraid. Yeah, everything's yeah. chemical, first of all. Yeah, even the reason your banana goes brown when you put it in the fridge mm. because of the release of chemicals. That's what happened. Mm. And make sure banana go brown, you know, uh, or your apple go brown or whatever. Mm. I want to educate at the same time, not just Mm. sell a product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to improve things for my community. And if I can help treat some of their ailments at the same time Mm. and help them have more trust in the field of science, then win-win.
0: Should we do a quick five minutes on Brexit? Because I don't know how much that would affect you anyway, because you're not shipping internationally. So maybe your supplies, but has Brexit affected your work at all in any way that you can see?
1: Uh, it's hard to say because I wasn't doing this before, Brexit, exactly, but yeah. yeah. Um, definitely the supply chain. There's a lot wow. more issues in the supply chain. Even I saw this, um, sort of like in the university as well, getting supplies. I don't think people realize how much stuff we ship from in Europe. For So for example, I want to do one little thing, like where I sell matches mm. to go with your handle in mm. a nice little packaging. Mm matches come from europe though Mm. which means they're stupidly expensive Mm. just for me to get matches with a black phosphorus coating Mm. because obviously it's got to match my Mm branding and that is a direct result of brexit because it's going to cost so much to get them over here Mm. even when it comes to i know from my supplier they definitely have issues in getting in what they need to get in to make their products yeah so they have a lot longer waiting times even than when I first started the waiting times are just getting worse and worse I'm sure they must ship some stuff in Mm. and it's clearly a lot more difficult for them um yeah
0: prices going up
2: or
1: yeah slowly but surely they are plus also part of the reason why so much more difficult for me to ship internationally now is because of Brexit Mm. so Pre-Brexit, it would have been very easy for me to just ship my candles off to, like, Holland, Mm. Germany, Czech Republic, wherever. Um, Now, that's a lot more expensive.
2: Mm.
1: So, actually, the cost of being able to ship Europe-wide and internationally has both increased Mm -hmm. because of Brexit. So, that has reduced my market. Because at the moment, I can only afford to ship in the UK. Mm. So, yeah. But also, we've got to do more customs declarations and all that kind of stuff. And mm. um, I could get different types of insurance. For example, if I want to ship to the US, I need different type of insurance. Mm. I have to tell my provider if I want to ship into Europe. Mm. Um, because we have to do customs and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So, yeah, definitely not not ideal.
0: Mm. Yeah, it, it's, not, it's not helped the business.
2: <laughs>
1: Yeah, I feel like if we were still in the EU, that would have helped the business slightly. Plus, also things like if I wanted to expand and say, okay, I want to start selling my candles in the Netherlands well. Mm. it would have been a lot easier pre-Brexit oh, yeah, to go yeah. to the Netherlands and have a look around.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: speak to some people in the Netherlands.
2: Mm.
1: You know, now. Going to the Netherlands. it's hard work. I've got to do customs. I've got to do all this. Kind oh of stuff. yeah, like,
0: it's it's time and time is money, and you know that's that's potential yeah, exactly. production or sales time that you could be having.
1: Exactly, it's not as easy as now. Just you know, actually trade to France. Like no, there's all these, there's all these legislation in place now. All these, and everyone's still arguing about what we're doing as well, which doesn't mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I so it's like not like it's are, settled, so you can't... Yeah,
1: Yeah. can't plan. And people are only just realizing now, like when they're going on their summer holidays this year, oh, wow, really long for me to get into the country. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, before we had the benefit of being in the EU, so we could just waltz in mm. and out of all these countries. I remember I went on a five-country tour. I don't think I had to do, like, customs or anything once. Mm. But now, obviously... A lot more difficult to do that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I feel like also, actually, one aspect that I just remembered that has affected it is access to funding mm-hmm. as a small business owner.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We to get funding from the EU for this kind of stuff. Uh, there used to be like EU grants I could have applied for. And mm. um, whilst I was at university, that was affecting me as well because mm. even when it comes to collaboration research papers, so I'm actually able to get a membership with the Royal Society of Chemistry because I have the qualifications to do so. Um, but that no longer holds as much weight as it did before. Mm. Um, when it comes to, obviously I'm a chemist, that's why I do what I do. Lecturers have left universities mm. um, and gone to other universities um, outside of the UK because of us leaving the EU, all of that has had a knock on effect on, on me. Mm. So it's more than just getting the supplies. I don't have that funding that I used to have, that I would have been able to have a few years ago. Um, The education in the university, so from the world Society of chemistry, I can read their papers and stuff like that. Mm. There are staff members that are leaving, research associates who are leaving. Mm. Um, So for me, as as my field, it's actually had quite a big impact on this. I actually said this pre Brexit, mm. um, how big of an impact Brexit was going to have on sciences specifically. Yeah. Because yeah. um, whilst I was at uni, so many of my lecturers came from other EU countries. Mm. So, so many. And like, without the free movement,
2: mm.
1: what reason is there to stay at a UK higher institution where they don't get paid well? They're mm. constantly on strike all these issues mm. that they're dealing with uh you may as well just go to germany honestly mm. especially if you speak german already win-win yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah
0: okay uh i'm not i'm, I'm not going to sort of uh, elaborate on that um I, so i'm going to move on to the next question because i want to get your take on ubi uh universal basic income so i think i know the answer to this one so is this basically, if there was a universal basic income, would you still work? Would you still be doing what you're doing?
1: Yeah, I'd totally still be doing what I do, I'm doing. If I if there was a universal basic income, it probably would have been. It would probably be easier for me to do what yeah. I'm doing, actually. Mm. Um, because obviously, when I left my PhD, I also lost my income.
2: Mm.
1: Um, so which is an aspect people didn't don't think of, but mm. I lost my income. Mm. And, you know, it's very hard to start a business when you don't have no money, Mm. no money Mm. rules it all, doesn't it? Mm. And actually, in the universe, if there was a system of universal basic income, I think it would benefit not just me. So for me personally, as a person with a disability, Mm. it's very hard for me to work full time. It always has been, Um, however, I physically suffer by working all the hours I do mm. because I need to get paid. Yeah. And um, I also have another job Yeah, because I need to get paid. But actually, that's less time I can spend making stuff. I think you would see more people starting businesses. You would see more people enterprising if they were actually able to do that. I, um, and I
0: think you'd see less businesses failing as well. Like, yeah. I, I think that's one thing that gets messed up, missed out because it's like, maybe the business is viable but maybe you're not viable as a business person yet you you know you need to sort of learn those lessons and you know that that could help or
1: even sometimes the business is good so like i have had to continue despite the fact that you know you said you you haven't paid yourself yeah i don't get paid from all the work i do I, Mm. i don't i just don't like and I no longer have to pay, but well, I used to pay to make candles for yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it used to cost me money, yeah. if you think about it. And now we've just got to the point where it doesn't cost me money. Yeah. I don't really get paid. Yeah. And actually, a lot of businesses fail because during that time period, yeah. it is very hard to keep working on your business yeah. because if I you're not like, getting
0: paid. I, you're just spending yeah. money. Yeah.
1: For me personally, I have a toddler. He needs clothes. He needs shoes. He needs um, literally every single thing. Toddlers grow so quickly. Wow, um, and you know, in order to get paid, in order to buy that stuff, I got to get paid. Mm. So there are a lot of people who are running businesses right now, who the business is not failing. They are closing down before they mm. got to go back to work. They got to go back to their nine to five. They got to bills to pay, especially with the cost of living being so as high as it is, mm. like, even the gas and electric I use, it costs me, yeah.
2: it
1: doesn't really cost me gas, but it does cost me electric to make my candles. Mm. Even that is now a factor that I have to consider mm. and, you know, I have definitely considered going back to work mm. and, and it's very hard to persevere at that time, honestly. Like. Mm. Also, people are suffering. Like, for me, I feel like um, within the UK, we seem to have this whole, we have a lot of stiff upper lip and, you know, mm. we can all make it through. And People are suffering. Mm. People are dying. Mm. People are literally dying because they cannot heat their homes. Like, mm. in a country like the UK, that that's very mad to me. I don't understand why, if you have suffered, why would you want someone else to suffer?
2: Mm. No,
0: I don't get it.
1: Yeah, I don't, I I don't understand that, but a lot of people are very anti universal basic income because they think, oh, well, people wouldn't work. Some people wouldn't, Mm. but you know, those people who wouldn't work are already not working. Yeah. And a lot of, and and some people shouldn't
0: be working, you know, and I I bet there's a lot of employers out there who would like, if they did listen to that, would be like, you know what, yes, a lot of my staff should not be working. Maybe it's that they shouldn't be working there, but some people are just like, some people are just unemployable. You know?
1: Some people should not be working, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. so, you can't even from an employability standpoint, but there are people who work and struggle and suffer and are disabled and in their health by going to work. Yeah. Because you got they got bills to pay. Like yeah. I know for me example, for example, my I watched my mum decline and she mm. didn't obviously eventually die. But like I haven't worked until literally the day before she died. To yeah. me, that's crazy. Yeah, that's, she, she was so unwell. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. Was so unwell. She had portable oxygen. Like she was so unwell. Now she worked because she wanted to. Mm. But how much of it was because she wanted to, and how much of it was because she had to?
0: Yeah. And so, well, well, how much of that wanting to was something that was kind of built into her, of like a, an obligation or something? And yeah. Like, like this, feels this is like literally means. killing you. Yeah. It's like, well, I have to. This is this is my value. This is my meaning. I have to work it's uh but then because i did want to sort of so we'll do a quick five minutes on kind of work life balance i'm sorry to kind of like jam this in. okay
1: um
0: but yeah i mean like so i mean how is your work life balance now are you are you sort of have you managed to keep it under control or have you been like flat out for ages or like have you had a chance to have a holiday can you switch off do you like delineate time like how do you work it
1: yeah, I'm hoping to go on holiday soon. Um but uh, up until recently my work life balance was pretty poor because mm. I literally used to get home from work and go to work. Um, and I'd be up until like two o'clock like mm. in the morning and then my son'd be up at eight talking about breakfast. Um and like now I I set aside time
2: mm.
1: because actually to To follow on from the universal basic income, I don't feel like people should be killing themselves just to pay bills. Like it actually no. doesn't make no, sense. no. Like because no. you know what's going to happen when your bills are paid and you're dead. But where's where's your quality of life as well? It is it's, it's, it's quality like, of life. What,
0: you are not entitled to have any enjoyment in your life. You're not entitled but to like enjoy a moment or even just sit down for five minutes and look. You know, like you, you've got to be flat out. And if you're not if you're not earning the right amount, then you know go to the wall
1: (laughs) literally like i don't i don't i don't get it like i feel like at the moment especially around social media at the moment we have this uh like at the moment i call it our girl boss culture mm. where especially young women feel like they gotta be working a nine to five and then they gotta have a marriage hustle and then they gotta be on social Mm. media and then they got. nah you don't have to do all of that Mm. like you actually don't have to do all of that like okay and get where you want to. And it's, yeah, it's nice to have something on the side here that you can do or at least have a backup plan and all that kind of stuff. Um, but like, why are we making it seem like it's normal that people have to work three, four jobs to pay their bills? That's not normal. But,
0: not normal. Yeah, but, but shouldn't the ideal to be like, especially if you're going to work a job, shouldn't it be like getting a good job? And shouldn't there be some good jobs? You know, like, yeah, and, and then what is the definition of a good job? Well, something <laughs> that can give you a life outside of that job. And give you a, exactly. a, a life full stop, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, to me, I feel like we, the fact that people are doing all of this and making it seem as if you're not doing all of this, you're lazy. And it's just like, now nah, maybe I actually want to, you know, sit down, occasionally rest, uh, spend time with my son. Like mm-hmm. what I realized recently was I used to work so much. I would never spent any time with my son. And I actually started my own business so I could spend more time with myself. Yeah, yeah. So actually, clearly there's something going wrong with that work-life balance there because he was missing me. Mm. I was missing him. And actually, why am I working every weekend? It's it's not necessary. It's nice. It helps my business grow faster. Yeah, that's cool and all. But if there's no work-life balance for me, when there's no work-life balance, no work gets done either. Mm. Because I'll work flat out for a while. Mm. But it's not sustainable.
0: Well, that's and it. Eventually, you, I'll stop doing everything. Your productivity actually declines after a certain number of hours, anyway, doesn't it? It's, it's kind of like Definitely. so you put in this time, and it's like, oh well, I need to get it. It's like it'll wait till next week. You know, it'll wait till you know tomorrow. What? It'll wait.
1: You know what? I always used to. I used to be like the kind of person who was like, I need to have at like a couple of backstops every single candle that I sell. And you know what? No one will die if mm. I don't take that candle
2: mm.
1: if i don't have that candle in stock no one's gonna die
2: mm. yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: like actually oh it might be slightly incorrect but you can still order it mm. if someone really wants the candle they will order it but i do get a few pre-orders every time i get a few but like if they really want it they'll order it yeah. like <laughs> i do not need to kill myself making <laughs> the amount of candles i was making every week i'd said yeah. what because i would sell a fraction of them and then I would make candles to replace one that I already that no, not necessary. i, I mean, got like a hundred candles.
0: Did you like? So, so I, I, I wanted to mention this earlier, but when you were talking about sort of cooking all the candles and stuff, I've got visions of you that, you know, like stirring huge big pots like hours a day, wiping sweat off your brow. Like, yeah. was it exactly just like that. jars forever and stirring forever?
1: Yeah, <laughs> some days it is actually like that. And I can, because I've only got limited space, I can only <laughs> make so many. So, for example, over. Mother's Day, I did a specific Mother's Day collection. So I had some mm. pregnant mummy candles and I had some mummy and baby candles and all that kind of stuff. I still sell them. Um, but, you know, I, I made stock of them mm. for people to buy at the markets running up to Mother's Day. Mm. And it's like, I'd wake up, drop my son off, go to the gym, come home, make a candle. Come back a few hours. I was making candles at eight, nine o'clock at night mm. because I can only make so many at a time. And I was turning out candles. To make another one immediately. And it literally would be me stood in there all day staring wax, pouring wax, waking wax. Why? And sometimes I'd look at the time; at 10 o'clock at night. It's that. Why am I outside? What am
0: I doing? Why did I do this? What am I doing?
1: Literally, (laughs) sometimes I'll be sitting there creating a carousel post Mm. at two o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, you you know what the screen goes black, and you just catch sight of yourself. And I'm just Mm. like, what are you doing? Mm. go to go to bed actually mm. no one is going to die if you don't post on social media for a day mm. but the culture makes you feel like you really have to be working all the time and it's like mm. you actually don't you yeah. actually don't that's partly why i had my business because i want people to take better care of themselves so okay if you've got to work all day at least you can burn a nice candle and you know what yeah. it might change your mood yeah. it actually probably will change a actually, just having something smelling nice mm. in the room with you but yeah the work-life balance has been it's very hard to keep on top of the work-life balance because when the business is yours
2: mm.
1: I want to do it all and yeah. I want to make everything and I want to sell 18,000 products and I just can't, I can't and you want to get the
0: stuff. most out of each day and you want to like because you mm. you know uh, there, is, there is the social pressure in the grind culture and stuff but like you know it does come from yourself as well of like but I want to get this done, and it's like, yeah. But y- you can do it tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, no, exactly. I need. It. It's in my mind now, and I have to get it. It's like, yeah. And then another thing comes up, it's like, you will end up if if you don't stop yourself, you will end up working till whatever o'clock in the morning every night, and, and then getting up and then being knackered, and then yeah, you yeah, you, do you have to limit yourself.
1: And I get up and I'm knackered that day, so nothing's getting done that day. Yeah, I will go back to sleep. One thing about me, I'm gonna go back to sleep. <laughs> and like because I'm used to that like academia culture of actually staying up all night working yeah, on yeah. something. I used to do that all the time. I just mm. stay up all night, sun's coming up. Why are you working on social media posts? Is it is it that serious? Mm. Is it that serious? Mm. the social media posts that 15 people interact with really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like I had to take a step back and say to myself, it may slow down your rate of growth because that was great for growth. It grew really fast. Mm. Mm. But also, I had no work-work balance. I had no joy. I didn't enjoy making candles anymore mm. because, like, not funny, but it's not fun if I have to do it.
2: Like,
1: yeah, yeah. It's only fun if I want to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely really hard to get that, that, that balance.
0: Thank you again to Kahina for being my guest. Thanks again to all my guests. And thanks to you, Leeds, for being my subject. And, of course, most of all, thanks to you, my dear listener, Come back next week to hear me speak to a mortgage broker. So, listener, I still need to pass off the costs of making this show to you, my audience. What would make you spend a quid on this show? I really need to monetize this podcast now, so just just so I can keep making it. I can't afford to do this on my own anymore but I really do want to reach that 1000th episode. So I really need, and I really do appreciate any support you can give. I know I have been bitching recently, but it's not easy doing this. And it's very lonely taking on something like this for yourself. I know no one asked me to do it, but no one asked Jeff Bezos either. And someone gave him a load of money. I do believe there is demand for this though. 200 listeners last month would hopefully agree with me on that. Now. I need to get y'all to muck in somehow in order to keep this show rolling on. At the moment, I'm at the very limit at what can be achieved on the resources and capacity I have available to me. Collapse is setting in now. No, I don't mean civilizationally, although that is clearly speeding up this year. But the podcast itself is collapsing. It needs to feed. And I can only give it so much of my life force. It needs more. It needs you. You have to feed it. So please spend a pound on this, a pound a month. And I reckon I can make it worth your while. I do have plans for this show. The business Western Studios will possibly have to close in the next few months as I really have no capacity to devote to it. I will likely have to let the website go too because I can't afford to pay the £70 plus that is required for keeping that up and running next month. The podcast may possibly follow the business's demise if I can't get some funds coming in to pay to keep it going. Life in the 2020s, eh? There's no escape, is there? Okay, that's me. Cheers, ears. Take care out there and be kind to each other, Leeds. If you're listening to this, I assume you have some connection to Leeds, like living here or being from here. If you're such a person in Leeds or from Leeds and you haven't done your recording for Working Hours yet, then don't wait. Email me now, right now. Quick, get a pen. Working Hours Pod at western-studios.com. If you fancy being my guest, put guest in the subject line of your email and add a short bio in the message. Stick in some suggestions of your availability and I'll send you a release form and a Zoom invite. If you'd like to be on working hours, I will need a two-hour window for us to record in. I can record in your work time or during your downtime. I have been recording interviews for working hours for every year on Zoom, but I can also record offline. You can appear on Working Hours anonymously, or you can promote yourself and or your company or brand. Cleaner or owner, what is your experience? How do you feel about work? What do you like and not like? What do you do, Leeds? Be a part of local history. Have your voice heard. Share your wisdom. Give us the inside, Skinny. This is your show, Leeds, and it's all about what you make of yourself. Do you know what you're doing? If you do, then come and tell me all about it. Come on Working Hours, even if you don't know what you're doing. I certainly don't. Email me right now, quick, get a pen, workinghourspod at western-studios.com. If you're allowed to do that, that is. If you're not allowed to do that, then tell me why. If you and your business aren't ashamed of what you do, then let's hear all about it. What good are you doing the rest of us? Are you socially useful? Am I? Is this? Send your feedback, questions, comments, and queries right now to workinghourspod at western-studios.com what is happening leads find out by following this show on twitter at working hours three and on instagram at working hours pod leads to find out when new episodes are going to be released or just use the hashtag hash working on either of those sites to find me i'm on facebook facebook.com forward slash western underscore studios underscore leads i'm also on linkedin linkedin.com forward slash i n forward slash simon hyphen treen is t r e n or you can go to my company page which is linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash western hyphen studios. If you want to make a podcast in Leeds whether it's for a cause, a publicity campaign a product promotion or your own passion project then get in touch with me. Western Studios for support, advice and guidance on anything podcasts. At Western Studios you work with a real life loiner who is actually in Leeds who you can actually work with on making podcast content. So don't wade through articles and videos and podcasts about how to make podcasts. Just get on with it. Western Studios can make your podcast with you or even for you. Western Studios can take on your podcast boring, time consuming and painful. Admin, recording, editing, transcription, whatever. Tell me about it. I feel your pain. For a charge, I'll share it. Writers, what are you doing with your lives? Hopefully you're writing. Well, I know there are listeners out there who want to hear great original writing performed as audio content and made in Leeds. How do I know this? Because I'm one of them. Help me make Muck for Brass, a series of short stories, poems, performers, whatever, all published as podcast content. Is your work arty, salacious, pulpy, strange? Good. I want to make it a podcast. I get practice making the show. And you get a finished, performed and published version of your writing. Businesses, campaigns, brands have got an inkling that you'd like a podcast, but don't know where to start. Hit me up at make my podcast at western-studios.com and we'll start making your podcast straight away. The first hour of arranged consultation and pre-production time is free. So what do you have to lose? And what are you waiting for? Save yourself the hassle and the headache and make your podcast with a lead space in real life, podcast producer that's me western studios leads once again please let working hours get big and strong by joining its patreon support working hours by becoming a champion on patreon for a pound a month you can inspire me and motivate me with a membership and maybe one day even be helping to cover all my costs you can chat to me there and see me do a monthly live stream where again you can chat to me all about the show and God, do I need to find someone to actively share this project with? Go to patreon.com forward slash working hours pod right now and sign up, please. And or go to Kofi, that's dot ficom forward slash working hours and join me there for a pound a month and get access to the working hours Discord and chat to me there. I will be putting up additional material on Kofi once there are any members there. Please do remember to like, share, follow, and subscribe to this show. Every little bit helps. Tell your gran, tell your housekeeper, tell your gardener, tell your parole officer, tell your boss, tell Leeds, and I'll see thee next time, our kid. Working Hours is presented, edited, and recorded by Simon Treen for Western Studios Leeds Limited. The music was The Bees from Chopin's Etudes, which is in the public domain and was taken from museopen.org.